Welcome to Brotherly Bond, the James Bond Top 10 List Podcast, where we count down the top 10 of all things Bond. I am about to inaugurate a little war. I am certain that two such perceptive talents will enjoy working together. And now we can go somewhere for an interesting talk. Suppose you start the conversation. Why is it people who can't take advice always insist on giving it? I bet I know a lot more things than you do. Thanks for dropping in, Dave. It's got to be difficult. <laughs> No, it isn't, is it? The old game. You expect me to talk? Give a wolf a taste, and keep him hungry. By tomorrow, Ten, we'll be good friends. Nine, eight, something more sociable. Seven, I got a brother. Six, five, Small world. four, three, it's time to get out. two, one. Welcome to Brotherly Bond, the podcast where two brothers count down the top 10 of all things related to our favorite cinematic secret agent, James Bond, 007. Favorite movie? Best car chase? Smartest villain? Goofiest gadget? We'll cover it all right here at Brotherly Bond. We will analyze, discuss, appreciate, and ultimately rank the top 10 of everything and anything from the vast James Bond universe. In each episode, we will select a James Bond topic. Then we will each create an all-time top 10 list to match that topic. We will then reveal our lists live right here for your listening pleasure. But before we dive into this week's top 10 category, a brief word from today's sponsor. This is an urgent message from MI6. Have you ever thought about making a podcast of your own? Allow me to introduce you to Anchor, the easiest way to get started in the ever-growing world of podcast entertainment. Their simple and comprehensive creation tool allows podcasters of all levels to record and edit their own audio right from a phone or computer. And, once your podcast is complete, Anchor will distribute it to be heard by millions of listeners across many platforms, like Spotify and Apple. It's literally everything you need at your fingertips, and it's all free. Head over to the App Store and download the free Anchor app, or, go to anchor.fm, to get started and learn more. Once again, that's Anchor in the App Store, or Anchor FM in the browser. Get started today. And now, on to the countdown. Welcome to our eighth and maybe biggest episode we have done at Brotherly Bond. I'm Christopher, and I'm here with my co-host, AJ. Hello, everybody. At our Brotherly Bond studio. Uh, And we're going to be doing the biggest episode, probably, of them all. You agree? I would agree. The biggest and my favorite. Right. It has to be. Right. This is the big one, 007. When we talked about uh, the Bond actors... Uh, I let off by saying, when when you admit to anybody that you are a James Bond fan, they <laughs> always ask you two questions: Who's your favorite actor? And today we're going to answer the question: The other what's question. What's your favorite movie? That's right. Today we're going to do AJ's list for the top ten uh, James Bond films of all time. That's right. Like in the last episode, this includes No Time to Die. So, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. Gotta have to see it before we right. <laughs> before you come into this of one. Of course, that's if it makes the top ten. But we'll talk about it true, either way. True. So, 
and uh, we'll we'll be going through my top ten list kind of in more detail, and then we'll go back and do my brother Christopher's list. With those two lists, it might come up eventually. I I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. No time to die is going to come up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, so let's get into it a little bit. We're going to talk. James Bond films. There's going to be a lot to talk about. So let's go right into it. AJ, what sort of qualifications did you have? How did you go about (laughs) developing a top 10 list for our favorite Bond, our favorite movies? So basically, I have a running top 24, now 25 list in my mind pretty much all the time. Sure. Especially the top three or four or five. I kind of know what they are all the time. The way I came up this time with the list is first I took each actor and I ranked I ranked the Conneries I ranked the Roger Moore movies I ranked uh, the Daniel Craig's and the Brosnan's and 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 Timothy Dalton's too from there then I then I kind of meshed the lists together so it all started with you know what's my favorite Connery movie and when I say favorite, for me, it's kind of a 50-50 with a sentimental favorite and also well-made, quality Bond film. So it's not just, oh, it's my favorite. Right, right. <laughs> it's not just that it's my favorite. It's all I, I combined the two. So again, kind of with my best Bond list, where Roger Moore would be higher if we're talking just favorite. I combined favorite with high-quality Bond film. Absolutely. And so that did change my list a little bit from years past, and obviously the Daniel Craig era has changed my list a lot. Oh, my goodness, yeah, definitely. And like we talked about in our last episode, the No Time to Die addendum episode, it is difficult to plug in the Daniel Craig movies with the other 20. Yeah. Because the other 20, for the most part... Feel formulaic. They sure. They have a com- comfort level to them. Yeah. When you watch them, like this Bond is, is going to win. Yeah, Bond is going to win, and and get the girl. And there's going to be a teaser sequence and a title sequence, and you know we're going to meet M and Q, and all these things are going to happen that we love. And then you get to the Daniel Craig movies, and that formula is just thrown on its head. So it is difficult to compare the Craigs with the others. And like we said, No Time to Die is included, which is very fresh in our minds. So there's there might be a little bias there. Sure. With it being the brand new Bond movie. Right. But that bias could go high or low in this one because that movie is fairly polarizing. That is true. There is there there's definitely aspects of that movie that you love, and there might be aspects in that movie that we don't love. Right, so. right. And I guess you'll find out soon, and I'll yeah. find out your list very soon on how you really feel about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. This is uh, we watched No Time to Die uh, almost a week ago today. We've had six Together. days for the first to, time. Uh, yes. Yeah, six days to marinate on No Time to Die. That's right. You've so, seen it. You've seen it I've multiple seen it times. Three times now. Then. Yeah. So I feel um, I feel like I know it, uh, but I haven't lived with it. Yeah. So it's it's tough to put on the list, and, and yeah. you know we could definitely see some adjustments for that film going forward. Yeah. And again, I call that the the world is not enough rule. I love this rule. What is? <laughs> tell me, tell me this rule again. Well, that's the rule: is we like to wait about six months before plugging these things. At plugging, least <laughs> plugging a new Bond film or any aspects of it into our top ten lists. However, you know we we can't we can't wait on that. So we're making our lists with how we feel 
about it today. Yeah, we are. <laughs> All right. Um, well, then I guess let's get into it. So, AJ, <laughs> oh my, what is your number 10? Number 10. The Living Daylights. Wow, great. Number 10, The Living Daylights. Okay. It came out in 1987. It uh, clocks in at 130 minutes long. It's Timothy Dalton's first effort as James Bond. Who are you? Bond, James Bond. Directed by John Glenn. I think License to Kill is his last I one. I think License to Kill is, yes. So this is his fourth of doing five in a row. Yeah, because Martin Campbell takes over with uh, GoldenEye. Correct. And it had a it had a budget of $40 million. It grossed $191.2 million. Nice profit there. Exactly. Yeah, this movie, before the Daniel Craig's, would have probably been top five, maybe a, maybe top four. Sure. So that's how Daniel Craig has changed things. Yeah, his, <laughs> his movies have dropped uh, a lot of a lot of movies down. A lot of quality movies. Yeah. The things I love about The Living Daylights, it's uh, the first movie where Bond is, he's not completely monogamous. However, it's close. It's close, and it, it's just a—it's a beautiful love story. Yeah, actually, I love Kara Malovi. I love her job. I think. <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I could—I can see that character being a real. Yeah. Person. She, yeah. She feels real. She's vulnerable. She depends on Bond, which I—I I just love that dynamic throughout the movie. It looks like we got away with it. My cello. It's at the conservatoire. Don't worry, I'll get you another one in Vienna. No, we must go back for it. We have about ten minutes, if we're lucky, before they discover what's happened. I must get my cello. No way. I love the way Bond treats her too. You know, you may be a little impatient at times, sure, but he's looking out for her best interests pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, she starts uh, for him as a mark, right? Um, as a way to get to Koskov, right, and figure out what the plot is, and then ultimately, you know, feelings get in the way and 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 develop, which is kind of nice. You were fantastic. We're free. Kara, we're inside a Russian airbase in the middle of Afghanistan. Other aspects I love about it, besides the love story aspect, is I, I think it has great action. I mean, we already talked about the teaser sequence. Yep. I, I love the the reveal of Timothy Dalton. I think it's just fabulous. It definitely has one of the better reveals. Yes. It has a pretty cool song to it. I mean, Aha's... I like it. It's it's not a bottom it, Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it misses it misses the Duran Duran aspect that, yeah. that we had prior, which they were, they were trying to capture again. They were again. definitely trying to capture that again. But it's a good one. Yeah. The knocks for this movie are the, the two bad guys. I don't really like either one. Yeah. Which is amazing that it still makes my top 10. Sure. Even though... I'm not a big fan of Koskoff, and I really don't like Brad Whitaker. Right. So, and what about uh, Necros? Necros. I actually like. <laughs> I like Necros. <laughs> okay. And I like um, 
some of the allies in it. I like um, Kamran Shah. Yep, he's fun. The Mujahideen leader. He's mm-hmm. he's really cool. Educated yeah. in London and and the the whole twist they have with right. him being acting like he's some sort of peon or yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's a nobody little, when when they really have an actual leader of their organization. Yeah, in well prison. spoken. Yes. You know. Thank you both for your help. My name is Cameron Shah. Please forgive the theatricals. It's a hangover from my Oxford days. I'm sure you'd like to freshen up. So he's a really fun ally. Yep. This movie just struck a chord with me. And I would say that one aged has aged well for me, too. I agree with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I think originally it might have been middle of the pack or even lower third. Yeah. Lower third. And the more I watch it, the more I appreciate it. Right. And really, and and it's another reason, it's the main reason Dalton was ahead of Roger Moore in, in that list for, yeah. for me. So, I mean, The Living Daylights, it just keeps getting better for me. <laughs> it obviously moved down. I think I, I probably had it fifth or sixth on my list maybe 10 years ago. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then you go through, you know... Skyfall, Spectre, and No Time to Die, and things change. Right, so they absolutely you, do. I mean, it's not that those all those movies catapulted The Living Daylights, although I think two of them did. Sure. It's that it changes our perspective of what Bond should look like, the realism that Craig brought. It Then yeah. it, it makes those older movies just look a little more cartoonish. Yeah. But this one didn't feel cartoonish. Yeah. You know, when we talked about villain plot, this is a realistic villain plot. It is. You know, opium and and diamonds and cash and getting paid off. And Um, and the uh, defection. Yeah. All these things were really happening in the the 80s. And that's one of my favorite parts of this movie was, you know, I love the first like hour of this movie. I know. The defection of Koskov. Yeah. The the Aston Martin chase sequence is fantastic. Yes. You know, moving around, trying to get uh, from from contact to contact. You know, right. working with Saunders, just just Saunders, Necros, yeah, the, the whole Vienna, exactly. All those scenes were fun. Where's Whitcanal? At his place in Tangier. Well done. Good luck, uh, Saunders. Thanks. Bond trying so. to be a detective. I'm I'm a huge fan of this movie. Yeah, and unlike you, this movie has gone up for me. Yeah, uh, because I didn't love it at you know for a long time. Yeah, and the more I see it, the I'm going to take it. a little credit of for yes, that. Yes, and you should <laughs> because you should. I have I have been talking high about Living Daylights for a, yeah. probably a decade or longer yes. to yeah. you because and I know you it was probably like your eight favorite. years of those. I've been like <laughs> no 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> But no, the more I watch this one, the more I, I really enjoy it. I love uh, yeah. I love Timothy Dalton's performance in it. Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's a great iteration. I will tell you this: uh, we actually share ten. Number ten is uh, wow. Living Daylights for me too. I am really happy to hear that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's made my top ten. Wow. Uh, after all <laughs> this time, it was never in my top ten. I mean, and with twenty five movies, making the top ten is actually it a really big is. deal now. There's a lot of like <laughs> back sure. when there was fourteen. Right. Yeah, the top ten, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are the four you don't like, basically? Yeah. So. It's like making top ten uh, Bond actors. <laughs> Did you play Bond once? Well, exactly. You're probably going to be in the top ten. Yeah. I mean, Barry Nelson makes that list. Yeah, he so. would if, if we uh, if we went down that far. <laughs> you, but yeah. yeah. No, I love I love Living Dallas. I love that awesome. it's on the top ten. 
Um, I'm not surprised to see it for you at, at this right. point. There's so many great aspects of, of this movie. Yeah. Living Daylights, number 10. Sweet. You didn't think I'd miss this performance, did you? Number nine. GoldenEye. GoldenEye, all right. 1995's GoldenEye. It's another premiere for a Bond. That's two in a row for me. It also clocked in at 130 minutes. Pierce Brosnan's first outing. Martin Campbell, the great Martin Campbell was the director. It had a budget of $60 million and it grossed 352 <laughs> Much better profit there. Big profit. Yeah. And yeah. Logistically, GoldenEye changed the franchise. Yeah. They were going from a similar profit margin. Sure. Pretty much the whole series from, from Live and Let Die up to yeah. License to Kill. And all of a sudden, they come out with GoldenEye and now they're making, ton- right. they're making tons of money. So they knew they they struck a chord with all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they absolutely did with this movie. Yeah, there's not much bad to say about this movie. In fact, it's it's a it's so good. It's a great start for someone who probably should have been Bond years earlier. True, true. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, yeah, who, who was a fabulous Bond. The name's Bond, James Bond. It starts with that amazing pre-title sequence that's so good. It made both of our lists Yes, when we did that episode. It has that cool song from Tina Turner. Um, it has a fun plot. The action sequences, the chase scenes are amazing. Yes, and, they are. And, and the characters are a, a great combination of bigger than life and realistic. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Every single one of them. Right. Anatop, Oromov. Xenia is, is bigger than life. Yes. Enjoy it while it lasts. Very words I live by. Oromov is he's acting bigger than he's a realistic <laughs> character. Yes, he he, he's just acting bigger than life. This is your last chance. Come out with your hearts above you. Wait. And then you have the um, Alec Trevelyan. Trevelyan is a oh fantastic villain. Fantastic villain. James Bond, a Majesty's loyal terrier. Defender of the so-called faith. Oh, please, James, put it away. It's insulting to think I haven't anticipated your every move. It has a great ending. It has a satisfying ending. Absolutely. When um, Trevelyan and Bond finally face off. The only negative... I know you'll agree with me. Okay, is the score? Yeah, we we both don't like uh, the score. Uh, <laughs> right. We'll not show up on our top ten soundtracks. Uh, we'll we show up on our bottom bottom ten. Of Absolutely. A lot of stuff. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on this one because you know they had some amazing moments. That teaser sequence when Bond gets the plane, writes it, gets it over the cliffs. We needed to hear the Bond theme. Or some, uh, yes. some, some major Bond some theme. iteration or, or, of it. Give me some horns, at yeah. least. I don't right. know, man. Um, but we got nothing. And nothing. we never heard the Bond theme until it was finally the tank chase the sequence. The tank chase scene. And then That's it was... an hour into the movie. Right. And it was cool. It was well used then. But man, we missed it. We missed yeah. the trick. We wanted to... I, I think... Uh, and, and we've talked about this. But man, we needed to announce that Bond was back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, we, and he didn't. And there was no reason not to use right. it because it was a, you know, not to use the word in a negative way, but a typical yeah. 
formulaic, somewhat right. Bond movie. That's fine, though. There I'm was, eating my popcorn. Oh, oh yeah. Give me a little well, bit of what I want. <laughs> and we hadn't seen Bond in six years, right. which at the time was a huge yeah. layoff yep. from Bond. So, yeah, there was no reason not to, other than Eric Serra just, just decided he, he wasn't going to do it. He made some choices. The, fine. The curious <laughs> thing is that Barbara and Michael... Barbara Broccoli and Michael Wilson went along with it. Yeah, and and Martin Campbell too would be yeah. involved in that. That they all said, "All right, right let's let's not do it." This is it what had we to want. Been some sort of a sell, right? Sitting in a in a in a room saying, "No, this is why we're going to wait for it. We're going <laughs> to we're going to make the fans wait for it." Like, <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I guess I wish I was in that room. I, I, know. I, I don't know, but it, it didn't. That didn't make sense to me. And and in general, the the music is not very spy to me it's not not enough there are aspects of that score that he nails sure it's probably one of my favorite moments in the whole series okay for music is when they're on the beach yeah natalia Semyonova, and um bond are on the beach it's a beautiful string thing going on behind them and it's beautiful well he does nice uh, the night's uh light music yes yeah he does that well yeah sure mood music yeah, okay when, when he wanted when you need to be big and brassy and bold nope it was not happening Except for the tank scene yeah so imagine goldeneye <laughs> uh-huh. with john barry doing that score i think i'd be fine with it oh i would it'd be great it changes the whole movie. Sure would. And in a great way. Right. I mean, John Barry had to put, uh, you know, the James Bond theme when, when Bond was walking around the hotels. <laughs> Think of what he could do with the James Bond the theme. the 60s. Golden Eye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, they're just driving from here to there. Yeah. In the speed limit, by the way. <laughs> and the James Bond theme is, is rolling, just screaming so loudly. Like, yeah, I mean, he could have done a lot with yeah. this. I, I I think there's a scene where he checks into a hotel or yeah. something, and the and the and the Bond theme is going. Oh, it's killer! It yeah. just kills me. Yeah, he's just walking around, just looking at the. I would the rather room. have that than what happened in Goldeneye. I agree. So I agree. But yeah, it's it's definitely top ten worthy. I have it at number nine. Yep. Seemingly realistic plot. I mean, it's a little fantasy, but that's what we like. We we like that sort of thing. It's a great movie. Great great cast. Great characters. I, I'm in. I, I I it's definitely made my top ten too. So. Uh, awesome. I'm with you. Golden Eye for you at number nine. You ready? I'm not going on the helicopter with you. Hmm? No plane, no train. Nothing <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> number eight. Octopussy. Octopussy number eight, man. I love this movie. This is not a visual media, but you should see my face. Please sell me my brother on the 13th Bond movie. It has every aspect of Bond that I love. True. I think it's Roger Moore at almost at his best. You need a great deal of luck to get out of this. Oh, luck. Well, then I shall use player's privilege and use your lucky dice. It's all in the wrist. Double sixes. Fancy that. 200,000 rupees. It has larger than life villains. It has great henchmen. Yes. In fact, it has numerous henchmen that are fun to watch. Multiple that might make my top 10 in a future episode. We'll see. Right. I just love the arc of octopusy i love that it starts it starts with a very serious scene yeah the assassination of a another agent yeah and he comes blasting through that 
the the glass door and and um, yeah, I some agree. Cool cinematography there. Mm-hmm. It's just a great scene. It, a it, nice start to the movie. A nice uh, a nice flair. Yeah, it adds an element of suspense to it that right that elevates the movie for me. I agree. It's fun that it involves another double O. Yep, it's double O nine, I believe. Ooh, yeah, you're the one that knows the double O's. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like it's double O nine that dies. Right. Because it's 003 who dies in A View to a Kill. I get, I get them mixed up too. 004 <laughs> yeah. is yeah. Bill Fairbanks and the man oh, with the Oh, poor gun. Bill Fairbanks. Yeah. He died happy though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it has so many fun aspects of it. I mean, we already talked about the teaser sequence, yeah. which for me is, is definitely top 10. I love the Acro Star. Yep. Fill her up, please. The song is not no, awesome. No, it's not. <laughs> it's one of the poorest title sequence songs, in my opinion. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think Kamal Khan doesn't get enough credit. Right. He's I a, think he's a fantastic villain. Spend the money quickly, Mr. Bond. I intend to, Kamal Khan. My security. And yours. Yeah, the actor Louis Louis Jordan. He's, yeah, he 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 knocks it out of the park. He's so every time he's on screen, I'm watching him. Every time he's speaking, I'm listening to him. I yeah. think I, he just makes every moment more cool. Yeah, he has a uh, menacing look to him. Yes, he does. Yeah, and some of his choices on just the way he says things. Like <laughs> I know we're thinking about pussy. the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I think it's it's cool. You have a nasty habit of surviving. surviving. That's right. <laughs> he just he's a fantastic villain. He's a great villain. Mr. Bond is indeed a very rare breed, soon to be made extinct. And his villain plot, you sold me on the villain plot. I didn't have this one in, in my top That's ten. That's true, yeah. But I, I really liked... Fourth, yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably would have ended up uh, putting it higher, I think, had I changed that one. But sure. uh, I, I really liked what you had to say there. I, I, I thought it was a reasonable villain plot. Yeah. I thought it was a cool uh, a cool plot that, that he was coming up with. Yeah. You know, we think that maybe Octopussy is the bad guy. Not so much the case. <laughs> uh, yeah, they I do always a little like twist, that double switch. A little switch there. Yeah. yeah. Henchmen are fantastic. This is a yeah. great movie. It has a lot of great pieces to it. Right. The, yeah, there's tons of henchmen. You got Gobinda. You yeah. have Mishka and Grishka. <laughs> you have the Yo-Yo Thug guy. Yeah, Which yeah. I know it's, it's, yo-yo not, saw guy. it's not a great... Oh, yeah. Yo-Yo Saw. Right. The Yo-Yo Thug is what I call him. Yeah, fair or, enough. And we, um, we know what you mean. I yeah. know exactly what you meant. I know. <laughs> it's not a great weapon, but at least it, it's a unique thing. It is. And also, it, it has a ton of emotion with the sacrificial lamb aspect yep. of it with yep. VJ. Yeah. Who I know you agree. He's he's a great he's ally. He's a good one, yeah, for sure. When we do top ten allies, definitely in consideration. He would definitely have a shot at that list. BJ, we have company. No problem. This is a company car. But uh, and and I really like the ending. I I like that he gets stranded on the road and he has to run. <laughs> which you know Roger Moore does that not had like to take to do. some convincing. Yeah. Hey, we just want you to run like just a little bit here, like ten uh. feet, and then and then a car is going <laughs> to pretend to pick you up. Right. Oh. Off of you sausages and beer. Yeah. <laughs> and again, and the climax at the end I think is terrific with the the countdown with the bomb. Well, even further from that, the plane sequence. Where there, he's on the wing of uh, Kamal Khan's uh, oh, yeah. plane. Well, that's at the very end, right? Right, yeah. So I thought that's talking, what you're talking about. I, I was talking about the the, the first okay. ending. Yeah. <laughs> because then it has the, yes. the tag at the end where he has to catch Kamal. And, but yeah, I'm talking about the circus scene. Yep. 
and the countdown with the uh, the nuclear bomb and the whole um, juxtaposition or, you know, he's in a clown outfit. <laughs> and <laughs> Trying to get people to take him seriously. Take him seriously. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a cool aspect of it, Because he was too. either drunk or crazy. <laughs> the Americans, that's that's it. That's all we can come up with that's as an right. explanation for why a clown oh. would be talking about a bomb. Right. Is he drunk or crazy? <laughs> right. And again, there is the aspect of... I was 13 when this, or I was like 12 (laughs) when this movie came out, and it blew me away that first time, and it still kind of blows me away a little bit, you know? It's a little campy, it's a little 80s, Yep. but I'm an 80s guy, so so I'm completely fine with that, so... Yeah, cool. It's definitely going to be in my top 10 here at number 8. It has to be. It has to be. I didn't put it in my top 10, as you can probably imagine, (laughs) but I will say this, it wasn't that far off. Oh, okay. It wasn't that far off the list. Maybe an honorable mention. I don't give it as much credit as I probably should. But well, again, uh, like I said, I started by ranking each actor. Yeah. You know. It's an interesting way of going about it. Octopussy is a top one or two for Roger Moore. Wow. So. Okay, cool. (laughs) I wish. What? I wish you weren't in such a weakened condition. Oh, James. <laughs> Number seven. Casino Royale. So for the third time in the seven through ten, third time in four movies, movies yeah. it's an introduction movie. And for the second time in four movies, it's a Martin Campbell movie. Man, he's great. He I, just beautiful I Bond wish movies. He would have done more. Yep. Casino Royale, 2006, Daniel Craig's first outing, clocks in at 144 minutes. 150 million was the budget. It grossed 606 <laughs> at the box office. Yeah. So I mean, we're talking five a new times. era here. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five times more. And I suppose there's inflation that we could take into account there, yes. but still. Yeah, I didn't do inflation. Yeah, that's just a, that's a lot of money right there. But yeah, Casino Royale would have been with inflation. I mean, top five probably. Yeah. Top six. Yeah, I agree. We've already talked about the beginning, how yeah. how epic that is. It's yeah. only like three and a half minutes long, but it packs a punch. They're actually going to tell us how Bond became a double O. Yep. I mean, what a start. Not just how a double O gets uh, made, but how Bond became a double O. They show his first two kills, and they're both really impactful. Yeah, they're amazing. I know where you keep your gun. So is that something? And then it jumps right in after the song by uh, Chris Cornell, yep. which is a very good song. And the fantastic title sequence, too. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. One of the best ever. Yeah, it felt very different than anything we'd seen before. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, Danny Kleinman up the game of title sequences yeah, did. in the Bond world. For sure. And he started doing them with Pierce, I believe. So, And then, of course, they kept him because he's so awesome. Yeah. And then you jump right into Madagascar parkour unbelievable I mean, sequence yeah and they showed the rugged the new rugged reckless bond literally running through a so, wall so well the bulldozer <laughs> yes running through a plaster wall yeah just amazing sequence yeah and his relationship they they built a great rapport with m right away yeah they did for what it needed to be yeah you know? she, yeah she was kind was of scolding him yep she was putting him in his place and and how the hell did you find out where i lived same way i found out your name I thought M was a randomly assigned letter. I had no idea it stood for... Utter one more syllable and I'll have you killed. I knew it was too early to promote you. 
Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. So your mistake will be short-lived. Top to bottom, just an incredible I movie. Know. The I, love story that develops with Vesper Lind. I know. I love their first scene together. I'm the money. Every penny of it. It could easily be top three. I mean, that's yeah. that's the problem. It, yeah, I, <laughs> this I is agree my list. You. I know a lot of people would have this higher. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, number seven, Casino Royale. The Vesper Lind relationship is amazing, no less than amazing. Yeah, and it starts what turns into be a five movie plot point. Right, was that relationship was his love of she of her pretty much comes up in every movie. Yeah, in one way or another. That's massive. Yeah. And then obviously Lashif is a very cool villain. Yes. You know, I never understood all these elaborate tortures. It's the simplest thing to cause more pain than a man can possibly enjoy. Um, you know, we talk about our, the villain plots and whatnot, so we, you can always go back to that episode. But, you know, he was a middleman yeah. who just got in a little bit of hot water with a, a little side deal. Yeah. Uh, and Bond had to come in and thwart him, basically. And I love that they they tried to go back to the literary Bond. Yeah. I mean, it's probably that one and from Rush With Love and Thunderball are the three that come close to the books. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love because I've read the books probably six times all the way through. All. Sure. So, of course, they change it from Baccarat yep. to... Um, Texas Hold'em. To, yeah, poker. <laughs> to poker, which took it's me... fine. That took me a while to I know. accept. I, I didn't like it because it just seemed too American. And I Definitely wanted, did. I wanted to... I love that the British casino stuff. Right, So right. that perhaps we don't see in American casinos. Right. Uh, I love that stuff. I don't care if uh, Baccarat is a simpler game or whatever but uh or shamanda fur mm-hmm. they used it well though oh yeah you know and it's growing on me and right I, and i think um just cinematically a poker game is a little easier to have a, a nice arc to it right we all kind of we can attain uh yeah. you know what's happening we we, we get it bond will have to go all in to call his bluff cool cool gentlemen show down please Full house, kings and aces. Monsieur Le Chiffre. Oops. It's four checks. Monsieur Le Chiffre wins. Although I will say, as a novice of the game of poker that I am, yeah. I didn't get it at first. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what his hand was. Okay, so fair they, enough. They could have explained that a little better. For, right. But, you know, it's also cool that they, they didn't make it, oh, it's another royal flush. Right, yeah. <laughs> you didn't win with yeah. something that doesn't sli- ever happen. Slightly better royal flush or something. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, it, it was okay that I didn't get it. Yeah. Such a quality movie. And it's almost like two movies. Yep. You know, you have up until Le Chief is killed, and then you have the rest of the movie. And you're left guessing as to, you know, motives and... Right. Vesper's motives. So much unanswered. I think. Yeah. You're left yeah. guessing all the way to the end, which is pretty amazing. Does everyone have a tell? Yes. Everyone. Everyone except you. I wonder if that's why I love you. 
Yeah, so. I agree. Uh, I think it's an incredible entry. Yeah. Uh, definitely makes my top 10 for sure. Maybe a different spot, but yeah, I believe, you it. know, um, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Martin Campbell. I, I can't speak highly enough. I agree with I you that I wish he would do uh, more movies. I wish they'd give him a couple of movies and let him go. Yeah. Well, they, um, they tried. Oh, did they tell yep. me about that? After Goldeneye, they wanted him back. He sure. Said, he said no. He said, "I did what I wanted to do with Bond. I'm done." So After, how did thing, they get him back for Casino Royale then? Because money. Of the, no. Well, <laughs> I, I don't think money's an issue with him. Fair <laughs> enough. He pretty Fair much enough. writes his own ticket. But same thing happened with Casino Royale. He read the script or whatever. Yeah. And we're starting over. This is a new. So it's he, something new. He, he saw the new challenge. Cool. So it seems like Martin Campbell is all about being challenged. Right. And he didn't feel like the second movie in either case would have been a challenge to him. He had already done what he wanted to do with the character. Sure. And uh, in both cases, they're amazing He gave us great movies. Yep. Uh, They're beautiful movies. I love the look of both of those movies. Yep. Just the casino sequences alone. They just feel like Bond should be in those casinos. Hi, Full House. Ace is full of sixes. Monsieur Bond? Five and seven of spades. A straight flush. Four to the eight. A high hand. Monsieur Pond wins. Even that short chase scene where um, Bond's going after they kidnap Vesper. Yeah. Bond's oh going after goodness. him. That's beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. It's like a night shot. Yeah. Then she's in the road and the car rolls. You and get all the close that. up of his eyes beforehand. Uh, yeah, everything else is in shadow. You just see the blue eyes. It's it's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, almost I've, all the Daniel Craig movies are beautiful. Well, it, probably all of them. No, all of them are. Yeah, all of them are beautiful. We just movies. you know maybe there's one that we kind of leave off the list a little bit <laughs> for other reasons. But you're right. Yeah. They're they're all just they're gorgeous movies. Yeah, uh, and this is definitely one of them. Yep. So there you go. Casino Royale number seven. The name's Bond. James Bond. Number six. The Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah, I was going to make your list. It's going to make my list. Actually, you should be happy it's only at number six. Uh, yes, I am. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Like I said, I rank my Roger Moore movies. To me, Spy Who Love Me is his best Bond film. Octopussy's number two. For Your Eyes Only is number three. I know that's... <laughs> wow, our lists for Roger Moore are very different. Yeah. We come at it differently. We you do. You lived through a lot of it. You saw them in the theaters. Yeah. Some of them and, you know... And I and I didn't. I watched them on VHS. So yeah, yeah. For me, growing up watching Roger Moore, they were that was the new Bond. Right. <laughs> he was the fresh Bond. 
but um, so many new bonds now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And we, yeah, we're on to number seven coming up oh here. Whoever it may be, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Spy Who Loved Me. The Spy Who Loved Me. It has a ton of impact on the franchise as GoldenEye and Casino Royale. Maybe not quite as much. The series was on a kind of a downturn after The Man with the Golden Gun. It still made them money. It wasn't a huge success. Sure. I think this franchise was getting a little stale. Also at this time is when um, Cubby and um, Harry Saltzman had their breakup. Okay. They definitely weren't like best friends in this venture or anything. In fact, for a long time they were alternating who would be like the head producer and who would kind of step back i didn't know that yeah okay so and i i probably will get the order wrong but i'm pretty sure like live and let die harry saltzman was kind of the head producer okay i mean the, the, their names sure are both they're both on there it. yeah yep, right next and to each saltzman. other yep but like live and dead let die saltzman was kind of the head producer he was the one getting in there more and cubby would take a step back and then the man with the golden gun Cubby stepped forward. Okay. Yeah. So So who did this one? Do you know? This was the first movie that was only Albert Broccoli. Wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, Saltzman, I believe, ran into some financial troubles. He needed needed to sell his stake in the Bond franchise, which he did. And Cubby bought him out. It became only his... His byline. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's Cubby's series. I feel like I have a poster of it here. I was trying to look to see if I could find one that, that if it was just his name on it, because I'd never realized that. Yep, That's, that's the, really interesting. That's the first one that was just him. Okay. And he wanted to make a bigger and better. Oh, he did. And bolder Bond. And he did. That's, yeah. that's also when they built the famous 007 studio. What was it called? Pinewood Studio? Pinewood Studios okay. was built with the, the big 007 soundstage. Sure. It was built for the scene with, with the two submarines. Okay. I mean, it was, and, yeah, that was all indoors, and, and oh, wow. that was in the the huge 007 soundstage. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this movie starts with a bang with the uh, yeah, great great sequence at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's it's legendary, really. Yeah, you know, skiing off the cliff, and you have the Union Jack parachute. It's fantastic. It's totally Bond, and they use <laughs> they use the music correctly in this one. Yeah, it's completely quiet. All you can hear is the cold wind. Right. And then... Da, 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 da. Yes. So, I mean, what we wanted to hear they in did GoldenEye, it. they, they did actually it right. did it here. course it goes into one of the top 10 <laughs> songs of all time for you <laughs> for you it is for me and many others <laughs> and for many others you yes. guys are out there uh not for are. me and the folks who maybe yeah. disagree agree with me so <laughs> nobody does it better one of the interesting aspects of this movie is that it wasn't a john barry movie right for the first time in in a long time yeah since live and let die so it's the second time so the second one yep that uh, john barry didn't do so that's a big change and yeah. marvin hamlish came in and i think it's a awesome score i like it i like it as a score yep. yeah you had some cool music when they were in egypt 
Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, the Sardinia scene. It has one of the greatest chase scenes uh, in yes. Bond history. We're going to do chase scenes coming up yep. in an episode, and this one will be on lists, I'm imagining. I mean, yeah. regardless of what modern Bond right. uh, chase scenes are, that chase scene with the Lotus yeah. is amazing. And honestly, uh, the Lotus is Roger Moore's DB5. Yes, it is. James. That motorcycle has been following us for the last mile. So it has that um, iconic car. They're connected to each other, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, Bond needs an iconic car. Sure sure does. (laughs) Oftentimes (laughs) he's just given another Aston Martin or something. In this one, uh, Roger Moore was defined by a new car, the, the Lotus Esprit, which in the 70s, Still kind of holds up. I think the Aston Martin holds up way better at Probably. this point. But for 1977, that was a really cool car. I mean, it looked cool. Yeah, really cool. And it made sense. It it The, the sleek design, it looks like it could be a submarine, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can you swim? The, the Q aspect of it, the gadgets and the cars, the action. Right. It's it's all so good. Well, and one of the most iconic henchmen gets introduced in this film. Exactly. We get Jaws. One thing that it's probably in the back of my mind whenever I watch it is sure. that Stromberg was supposed to be Blofeld. Okay. And imagine, I know we've talked about yes, this before. Yes, yes. I always forget it. I, I, I don't know. You always remember it and I always forget right. this part. I believe they... Maybe they thought they were going to get the rights back at the time okay. from McClory and, and the rights to the whole Spectre and Blofeld storyline. So it was originally written that Blofeld's coming back. Okay. And um, and this was his new plot. And this was, yeah, his new plan of world domination. Sure. Which, you know, and it is a huge villain plan. Yeah, it is. An underwater city. Fascinating, isn't it? The only hope for the future of mankind. We all have our dreams. No dream, Mr. Sterling. Soon a reality. Stromberg, maybe not the greatest villain. He's 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 adequate. He's a good actor. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't love the role. Stromberg is not my favorite, obviously. Yeah, so, but he's definitely easy to hate. Yes, you know he he starts off the movie by killing innocent doctor and professor and and the female. Right. Uh, Kate Chapman is her name. Oh, that's a deep, deep, uh, deep pick there. Yes, yeah, that 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 cute blonde secretary. She, yes, she actually does have a name. Well, didn't they? They sold uh, secrets. They sold his secrets. Yeah. That's how the uh, the microfilm they got. They weren't got completely out. innocent, right? However, they probably didn't deserve to be blown up. So, <laughs> so right away they're they're showing how evil the yes that Stromberg is. Right, right. But yeah, even Sandor, you know, he's a he's min- fine. He's a minor henchman. Yeah. But it just adds another element to it that, yeah. Bond, that Bond needs to overcome. For sure. Where's Peckish? Where's Peckish? Pyramids! Ah! What a helpful chap. And then, of course, we, we haven't are, even talked about her yet. I was just getting wow. to it. Wow. Okay. Anya, trip, Agent Triple X, who, right. who I really love. <laughs> I, know, I know when you stack her up against, like, Michelle Yeoh. Right. Or um, or even Paloma from No Time to Absolutely. Die. Absolutely. 
Or Nomi, obviously. No, yeah, Nomi. Yep. Although Paloma really kicks butt. Pulling, I mean, yeah. Nomi probably can, but she didn't really have a chance to At shine. At the end, she definitely shines. Oh, yes, she did. Yep, when they're there in There you the, go. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> right. Maybe. But yeah, so, <laughs> so you stack up Anya Amasova to some of the more modern badass Bond girls. Right. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't stack up so well. Yeah, but she's doing judo chops over here, <laughs> and, and the rest of them are using assault weapons, you know. But she was the first one that was trying to do this, right? Yeah, really. Because all the female villains up to that point were more psychological villains. Sure. Or... Or they were just holding a weapon or something. Right. They weren't. They weren't beating people up, except for maybe Bambi and Thumper. But Ugh, we won't go stop there. It. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing about the judo chop: is that was Roger Moore's big move That's too. True. Well, yeah, either or, right or, or, or cupping the face and then hitting <laughs> the other side of the cheek. Like, yeah, Exa- yeah. He, he wasn't much of a fighter either. Yeah. You're right. He was a lover, not a fighter, which is perfect for Anya Amasova. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. The lady will have a Bacardi on the rocks for the gentleman. Vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. Touche. Commander James Bond, recruited to the British Secret Service from the Royal Navy, licensed to kill, and has done so on numerous occasions. Many lady friends, but married only once. Wife killed. All right, and... you've made your point. You're sensitive, Mr. Bond. About certain things, yes. With all her faults. I just love her. I think she's a she's, yeah. she's a fun she's a fun Bond girl and she did change the uh the way we look at Bond girls. I agree with that. If by just a little. Yeah. So because she's she's a KGB agent. She's tough. She's a spy herself. Yep. yep. And she doesn't back down to anybody. She, right. She tells Bond she's going to take care of it. She's going to kill him at yeah. the end because in, to avenge her. Yeah. Literally a, a female Bond. That's exactly what Bond would do. Right. Do you recognize him? No, who is he? The man I loved. He was in Van Garten three weeks ago. Did you kill him? When someone's behind you on skis of 40 miles an hour trying to put a bullet in your back, you don't always have time to remember a face. No business and your people get killed. We both know that. So did he. Was either him or me? The answer to the question is yes. I did kill him. Then, when this mission is over, I will kill you. And uh, of course, she's beautiful as well, <laughs> so that's that doesn't hurt. Right. <laughs> it has a great Bond ending. Yes. So where he has to escape the the um, sinking Atlantis. And uh, they and they get in the uh, escape yeah, pod. Yeah, the es- Stromberg's escape pod. Yep. It's got Dom Perignon in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And still, you know, he, he has that hurt look when, when Anya's about to shoot him. And right. <laughs> which is kind of funny. I always thought he looked like a puppy dog who's... I, I was scolded. just thinking that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Spy Love Me is just one of my faves. It's got all the pieces you want. It does. You know, especially if you're into the, the bigger bigger type plots. Uh, a little bit more gadgets. Absolutely. I, 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 yeah, this is it's a great movie. Double seven. Triple X. Swan, what do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Nobody does. It 
So that's your number six is The Spy Who Loved Me. So we're going to go to your uh, your top five in a sec here, but let's take a moment and hear from another sponsor. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Looking for the next great vacation spot that everyone is talking about? Look no further than T. He's Alligator Farm. Located in the heart of the Louisiana Bayou, Teehee's Alligator Farm boasts the largest population of gators and crocodiles in the entire region. Cute little nippers, ain't they? Numerous daily shows on their famous Croc Island stage put you right in the middle of the action. Teacher resource guides are available upon request to make sure your school field trip is an educational experience. Also available are bayou tours on the very fastest boats in the swamplands. So, plan your alligator adventure to Teehee's Alligator Farm tonight. And I mean tonight. And now, back to the countdown. And we're back with AJ's top 10 James Bond films of all time. You never can change this list ever again. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> Not true. It's fluid. That's right. Even today, we're coming across <laughs> these lists going, wow, is this it? This is what we're going to go with. Here we go. Yep, that's basically it. It's like, I'm still nervous about sharing my list. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm in the hot seat. It's going to be polarizing, sure. uh, but that's okay. Uh, and, and we love that. So uh, without further ado, let's get to your top five. Number five. Skyfall is fifth. Fifth. Whew. Skyfall is fifth from 2012, 143 minutes. It's almost as long as Casino Royale. I think it's the third longest. Yes, it is. It's even sure. longer than on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh, Daniel Craig's third outing, first outing for Sam Mendes as the director. It uh, had a budget of around $200 million, and it was the first Bond movie to gross over a billion yeah. dollars. $1.1 billion. Absolutely <laughs> massive. The international market was huge for it, but even domestically, it was, it was incredible. Right. Yeah, it, again, starts with that incredible teaser sequence which is my number one teaser sequence yeah. so it starts with the best start of any bond movie <laughs> in my opinion i mean the first shot with the da -da, down the hallway down the hallway yeah. it's blurry and then it focuses in on his eyes it's such a great start it yeah. gave me goosebumps when i first saw it and then it goes right into the chase scene with patrice we get to introduce uh, Eve, who we don't know is yet Money Penny. Yeah, another Money Penny in the field, guys. That's fantastic. Twist. What happened? They're on the train, Mom. What do you mean on the train? I mean they're on top of a train. We'll get after them for God's sake. And then, uh, of course, then Bond is shot, and oh. it goes into the take the bloody shot. Oh my! I know. My. It's so intense. Yep. Take the shot. I said, take the shot. I can't. I mean, it bond. Take the bloody shot. Agent down. Those first 13 minutes are yeah. just amazing. 
And of course, yeah, the the song by Adele is also in my top ten. I yeah, mean, Sky Falls all over the place for me. Yep, which, me too. Yeah, absolutely. And this is another movie that's kind of grown on me too. Okay, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Silva. Silva. Javier Bardem. Yeah, I I mean, and when I say that, I mean his plan isn't my right. favorite. I guess. Yeah, and we talked about this a lot because yeah. you you thought it was a little bit small and that it was just kind of a, a revenge plan <laughs> right. against M. Yeah. Which I think it, I mean, it basically was right. Right. No. And, yeah. and I agree with you. Yeah. I just thought it was uh, unique. Yeah. I thought the way he went about it was incredible. I mean, he had planned every detail, including getting caught right. and leaving. And I mean, just, it was, it was amazing. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. 50 year old McKellen, a particular favorite of yours. I understand. So, what's the toast? To the women we love. And it changed the movie so much. Yeah. It was not a typical Bond movie. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's going back to his, his roots. Oh, my goodness. He's going yeah. back to we Skyfall. get to go to Skyfall. Yeah. Before that movie, was Skyfall even... I've never heard of it. Right. So, yeah. I think it was created... Yeah, you would know if, yeah, if it was in a, the books. It wasn't I, I in the books. It, so. I had never heard the yeah. word Skyfall before. So. Right. so it must have been created just for the movie, but still amazing. It expands his backstory. Oh, which yeah. We get to know a lot more, and certainly in the next couple of movies uh, as well. But right. The Daniel Craig movies is all about his his backstory, if you yeah. ask me. I agree. So, I mean, maybe not Casino Royale, or, but from Skyfall on, it's it's all about... You know, because of his relationship, we find out with Blofeld and taking M to to his, his home. To his home is just amazing. Yeah, James, James Bond. Good God, Are you still alive? <laughs> it's nice to see you too. M, this is Kincaid, gamekeeper here since I was a boy. Pleased to meet you, Emma. I think this one has got one of the coolest scenes I've maybe ever seen in a Bond movie. All right, which we, one? And and you may disagree. I, I don't know if your your dislike of uh, Silva would extend this far, but his reveal scene where Bond is tied up on the chair, oh yeah, on the island, and it's the two rats. <laughs> on oh the, you know, yeah. story that Silva yeah. tells while he's walking slowly to him. Yeah. I mean, it is just a incredible scene. Right. I mean, you don't see a static shot like that anymore where it's just one person going very slowly walking right. and just holding <laughs> that focus. Yeah. And, and I loved that as the reveal for, for uh, Silva. Oh, that's cool. You know, it, it made him feel very meticulous and, and pointed in what he was going to do for the rest of the movie. Yeah. And I thought that his plot and how he executed it um, was in line with right. that introduction. Well, he's definitely a villain to fear. Yeah. And l like you've brought up before, how he has control of so many aspects right. around him. Yeah. And another former agent, by the way. Enough. You do love your former agent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Hong Kong, station in Hong Kong. That's right. Way better agent than Bond was in his day. <laughs> but we Although, get, yeah. I feel like Bond is the better agent because why was Silva just in Hong Kong? You know what I mean? To me, that's more of a Dicko Henderson 
I know you don't want to compare Silva to Dick Anderson. <laughs> However, that's what or that's Kira, what Henderson you know, was. Or Kieran Bay, I Kira guess. Bay, you know, yeah, he was he's, head of Station T, Turkey. Yeah. You know, so uh, I mean, you're to right. Me, those are those are lesser agents than. That's a good point. Yeah, I think he proved himself to. I know he be proved, capable of he doing as much as. Of being, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I won't miss next time, Mr. Silver. Not bad. Not bad, James, for a physical wreck. Why, thank you. You caught me. Now, here's your prize. The latest thing from my local toy store. It's called Radio. I do hope that wasn't for me. <laughs> but that is. This movie we see uh, the introduction of a new M. That's right. We see the transition between uh, Judy Dench and Ray Fiennes. Yes, which is um, huge. The voluntary retirement scene I think is beautiful. Yeah. Almost all the way through the Skyfall movie I think is just shot with cinematography and like the splendor on the screen in mind, you yeah. know, the Patrice assassination with all the reflective glass, right? Going to the Macau casino, that entry shot was just beautiful. Is that the one with the uh Komodo dragons? Correct. Oh yep. my goodness, yes. Um, we're talking uh, like even Drive, driving, driving to Skyfall, yes. I mean, that is just I gorgeous. made that a wallpaper on my computer. On my computer, absolutely it's so amazing. I would like to make a get a, a nice poster for you yeah. know the studio here. He, so <laughs> yeah, he stops and gets out of the DB5 just so he can look at the moors. Yes, it's like I'm home and and seeing this scenery yeah. it just brings him back. You can just tell. And another great scene with M and Bond there. You know, hey, how old were you when your parents died? You know mm. it. You know the whole story. Like, yeah. I just I love their relationship and we get oh, to totally. know and to feel their relationship so much more right. in this movie obviously yeah. uh, because it's really the two of them against Silva. Right. Uh, yeah, I I'm I'm a huge fan of this movie. It has it was uh, when I first saw it it was so massively impactful impactful for me like it was for a lot of people and I was always yeah. scared to put it high yeah. because it's taboo <laughs> to put things higher than Goldfinger, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like well but this is one that I think uh, warrants consideration for that. There's been enough time now. It's yes. been nine years. We know this movie. Yeah. It's part of the Bond yeah. world now. And it is, like I, I said in the beginning, it's so hard to compare the Daniel Craig's right. to the Sean Connery's, or it is. especially to the Roger Moore movies. Yep. And so it's like when I went to my number seven, Casino Royale, and then I talk about The Spy Who Loved Me, it's just... They're so different movies. Yeah. They're so different. But I think that's okay. And I think we as Bond fans can compartmentalize those things. Right. We understand there were limitations in the 60s. You yeah. can't have fight sequences the way you have it here. You can't have cinematography the way you have it. You can't have budgets yeah. the way you had there. You know, all respect to Ken Adams and, you know, You Only Live Twice's uh, fantastic uh, <laughs> uh, volcano scene. Yeah. But, well, that's what makes those 60s movies so impressive. Right. Is they did so much with less yeah special effects and, yes and it was all practical budget and, i mean yeah. it was incredible so i i don't i don't worry so much about us being able to differentiate and have our love of of the two or or you know the several decades right. worth of different films i think i think we can do that 
I think all Bond fans that love all the movies can do that. Right. I would say that Skyfall is the first Bond movie that you could say is epic. It is. I mean, I'm, you can't really say that about, yeah. about any other movie before it. Like yeah. Spy Lummy is huge. Yeah. Casino They're Royale big is huge. Yes. GoldenEye is amazing. Yep. But Skyfall, like you said, with the relationship with M that comes to a culmination there, yeah. it just makes it makes it such a amazing yeah. <laughs> part of the uh, This was series. a journey like we hadn't been on before. Yeah. We started in a chase sequence like we're we're so familiar and then we just go. Yeah. And and how we get to the end is just incredible. Yeah. I think there are a couple aspects of this one that I kind of want to touch on. Okay. Uh, not a lot of gadgets. In right. fact, they pointedly talk about that there was no Q branch. <laughs> right. Right. In, this is when in, they brought Q back. Yes, we finally get Skyfall. to meet another Q. We haven't seen him in quite a while. A young Ben Wishaw. And it's a gun yeah. and a radio, not exactly Christmas, <laughs> you know? And but that's fine because that's what that sustains him, that gets him through. And that's another fun scene. Right. With the Daniel Craigs, they were slowly getting back into adding all the things we love. Right. You the know, old pieces. Casino Royale, they took so much away. Yeah. And then they, they kept bringing things back. For and sure. By, by no time to die, we're getting the quips. Yep. We're yeah, getting, we are. We are a little bit. We're getting some gadgets, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That that plane submarine thing. Was, that thing was incredible. Ooh, I don't know what it's called yet. I'll figure it out yeah. when we talk about vehicles, but uh, might make that list. Got to make a it's list. It's so cool. It is so cool. To me, No Time to Die is the most Bond-like yeah, movie. it's got all the, a lot of pieces to it. Right. right. As far as all those elements. Right. And in Skyfall, we get the DB5 back, which we had previously, oh, right. but we get the queued out version of the DB5. He's got all, you know, we use the uh, um, yeah. the, the machine guns in the front, and, and we know now it's bulletproof. In <laughs> Casino Royale, it was not that. It was just the DB5. It was just an appearance. Because he won it at a poker game. Yeah. It, it was, had a, it was not again, been touched it was up the at all. origin story right. of the DB5. Yeah, so we get we get more pieces to it there. Well, I'm not hiding in there. Is that your brilliant plan? We're changing vehicles. Trouble with company cars is they have trackers. And I suppose that's completely inconspicuous. Get in. I don't know. I think uh, I think Skyfall is an absolutely amazing movie. I think you're absolutely right with your uh, description of it being epic. To me, this is a, it's just uh, it's one of the apex movies of the movie, and and should be on your top five. Yeah, absolutely. How's the arm, sir? What? Oh, it's fine. It'll get better. All pretty shocking for someone unused to field work. Slow 007. Lots to be done. Are you ready to get back to work? With pleasure, M. With pleasure. Number four.
Russia with Love. 1963, the second Bond movie starring Sean Connery. 118 minutes, so just under two hours. Terrence Young came back for his second stint as the director. It had a budget of two million, which was <laughs> that's amazing. Yes, it but it was double. Right, Doctor No. Doctor No was one point one million, and they wanted to keep it under a million. They they were able to squeeze a couple hundred thousand out of whoever. Well, Bond wasn't huge yet, no, and they weren't sure. So there's still a risk here. They, they thought this might be a B movie. Okay, like Doctor No, it might be just a throwaway. Sure, just thing. a just a spy movie. No, I mean, obviously, you know. I'm pretty sure Broccoli had in his mind from day one that to make a series of this but sure. you just never know if you're gonna be able to right no one knows they're gonna make a, a 25 movie franchise that spans 60 years when you start the first one right <laughs> so get this budget of two million the box office gross 78.9 that's incredible that's a ton of profit man i don't think well, they it's were... a great movie yeah but I mean, just the jump from yeah. from Doctor No. Doctor No made them a, a a boatload of money too, actually. Yeah. So you know, it's interesting. You talk about that. Um, we'd have to do the math on all of them, obviously, um, yeah. and inflation or not, whatever. But what is the profit margin of each movie? Because we, you know, No Time to Die, we know had a budget of like two hundred fifty million plus and a marketing of like a hundred million. Yeah. So three hundred fifty million just to get the movie from beginning to made and on on the first screen right. you know what's the profit margin going to be and, and maybe we should go with something more like a skyfall you yeah. know or a specter where there's not a pandemic issues of you know gonna take away some of the attendance but the profit margin for that is incredible incredible how much extra money they made right you know now they're spending more money but they're also making more money. So, I, I, you know. And you can tell they, they put it into the next movie. I mean, sure. they kept making bigger and better Bond movies. Yeah, they did. Well, you know, maybe not maybe not better per se. <laughs> you, but, can, you can make arguments, but. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, even going from Thunderball to You Only Live Twice. Huge. We're, we're now, yeah, well, now they have the. Um, the volcano. The volcano layer. set. Just yeah. massive. Yeah, they spent some money on that yeah. thing. You had the special effects of the space. Which capsules and all that, yeah. yeah. So I mean, they were putting more money. They were putting the money into the next right, right. product until a certain point where yeah. they they stopped doing that. But uh, anyway, but from Rush with Love, yes. I could easily put this second or third. I probably yeah. pro- this probably never will be number one just because of the lack of perhaps action compared yep. to others. It's a spy movie. It's yeah, it's more suspenseful. Yep, it's kind of a detective movie, a spy movie. Yep, you know I love those. Yeah. Exactly one minute, 52 seconds. That's excellent. The plot is interesting. Yes. They still have the, the hidden Blofeld, which I love that aspect. Yep, yep. So then you, you have these secondary villains who are pretty much the primary villains. Yeah. However, they're all so cool in this movie. Right. Kronstein does the plan. Kronstein. He's the chess player, the the intellect. He's and he's so conceited. He's, oh, he knows this is going to work. Yes, it's going to work. Of course it's going to work. I thought of every aspect. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and he's like the third best villain. Right. Because you have Rosa Klebb, who yep. is such a good bad guy, if you ask me. Yes. Corporal, I have selected you for a most important assignment. Its purpose is to give false information to the enemy. If you complete it successfully, you will be promoted. From now on, you will do anything he says. And if I refuse? 
then you will not leave this room alive. Do you put uh, you put Cleb in the henchman or the villain category? Because we've had this conversation, I think, off uh, off mic about these three. I would probably put her as a villain. Okay. I'll, it's really this is a more ambiguous movie, is. which is why it's fun. It's you can't put it in a box as much right. as other movies. Right. But she is kind of the head person. Mm-hmm. She's working on behalf of Blofeld, however. And Kronstein's plan. Yeah. So, yeah. boy, that's true. Right. But so, I, I always thought Kronstein's yeah. a villain because it was his plan. I'd put them both as villains. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I think there's an argument to may be made henchman, but if it's a henchman, yeah. that's not a really good henchman either. Right. Probably a better villain than henchman. Be- yeah, because she's she's not very physical about her. Right. She's not getting into Just the dagger show at the end. She's not protecting people. That's another... Right. Or, you know, going out on assignment to kill someone. Or that seems to be more of a henchman. Right. So she's more acting on behalf of Kronstein, right. who is representing Blofeld or whatever. And, so I yeah. don't know. Kronstein, you are sure this plan is foolproof? Yes, it is. Because I have anticipated every possible variation of counter move. And then that comes to Red Grant, who's one of the absolute best villains slash henchmen. Well, okay, now I'm going to put it to you. If you're going to say <laughs> slash, is he a villain or a henchman? Well, I am going to put him as a henchman. Me too. 100% yeah. henchman. He's he's high. He's a hired yes. strong arm, although he's he's just one of the more intelligent yeah. and uh, conniving he oper- Yeah, he <laughs> operates on his own, right. which is which makes him more unique than most of the henchmen. Right. Cuz how like he even says it, you know, you're he's going to kill uh he's going to kill Bond, but how he does it is his choice. Yeah. You know. Right. And I love how you you don't really hear him speak until Right. They're on the train, and all of a sudden, he's this perfect, well-spoken British guy. Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> he's impersonating actual Nash. Exactly, and he's so good at it. Yeah. So that's where you realize, oh, this guy, this guy's not just muscle. He's a match. Yes. He's a match for Bond. The first one won't kill you. Not the second. Not even the third. Not till you crawl over here and you kiss my foot. In that respect, yeah, Bond Bond has his work cut out for him in this movie for sure. You know, even uh, Tanya Tatiana's being manipulated by yep. them, and uh, of course we should talk about her and just I think she's a a wonderful yep. Bond girl. Yeah, lovely. Um, yeah, innocent because she has to be because she's she's yeah. what basically a secretary. Yeah, right. She's not anything major in. Um, in, in the the pantheon of, of what the KGB, yeah. So they just grabbed her because she's pretty and and we they think <laughs> she that, can get the job done, right? And she's loyal and yeah. and yeah, she's going to do what she's told to do, right? Fortunately, Bond is uh, you know uh, good at his job too. <laughs> Your passports, the pictures do not do you justice. I have rarely seen a handsomer couple, Mister and Missus David Somerset. Your name's Caroline. Caroline, I like that name. You're accompanying me on a business trip on the way back to Derbyshire. To our children? No children. Not even one little boy? Yet. I like big families myself. In fact, my whole life has been a crusade for larger families. So I heard. I love the um, the locations in this one. I know. 
They're so cool. I love the yep. Orient Express stuff. Fantastic. I've always wanted to make it. I used to do model trains when I was really little. Did you now? Before you were born. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't last long because it takes up so much space. <laughs> right. Okay. And we were moving a little bit. Sure. Um, like every year for a while there, it seemed like. Yeah. So, yeah, I couldn't keep it up. But I always wanted to do an Orient Express like model train nice. and, 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 and make the stops from the movie yeah yeah <laughs> and just make the whole scene be the whole model train thing be about from russia with love i, I yeah know. i loved i've always loved trains it's just one of those things the scenes on the orient express are really cool yeah i agree with you and we get one of the best fight sequences oh yeah well probably the best fight sequence for any connery movie and probably the best fight sequence we get for decades, I'm going to go with, <laughs> with him and Red Grant. Yeah. You know, because I think it's brutal. I think it's a fantastic fight it, sequence. It's really good. I also like um, oh, the allies. Well, it's really oh, just Kiram the Bay. one. But Karen Bay. You know he's one of my favorites. Yeah. I love his performance. Yeah. They actually take the time yeah. for us as an audience to get to know him a little <sighs> bit. Even I'm though it's, glad they did. It's a few lines. Yeah. Ah, my friend. Come in. Come in. Glad to see you. Welcome to Istanbul. Well, thank you for sending the car, but uh, it does rather tie you in with me. You're in the Balkans now, Mr. Bond. The game with the Russians is played a little differently here. In the day-to-day -day routine matters, we don't make it too difficult to keep a tab on each other. So I gathered from your chauffeur. He's a rather intelligent young man, by the way. He should be. He's my son. Coffee? Medium sweet. Two medium sweet. He also is my son. All of my key employees are my sons. Blood is the best security in this business. You must have quite an establishment here. Biggest family payroll in Turkey. Not bad for a man who started life breaking chains and bending bars with his teeth in a circus. And he's yep. so loyal, yeah. which makes him very lovable. If you're rooting for Bond, you know, you gotta love Karen Bay because he's, oh, yeah. also, <laughs> he's also in Bond's quarter. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. You know, and I think you can tell that Bond likes him from the beginning, right? You know, yeah, they have he a walks, rapport. Yeah, he walks into the, the the thing not really knowing, and and he has to make his own judgment. But he very quickly, yeah, you know, he's smiling at at Kieran Bay, the side, you know, smiles <laughs> like, yeah, it, he recognizes this is a quality guy who's yeah. gonna, who's going to be on my side, and he's going to help me with this mission. Yeah, so yeah, so Kieran Bay is just another aspect of of this movie that makes it just one of the best. You know, one of the things I think about with this movie that I, I, is kind of a knock for me, which is weird because I have this movie very high as well. Okay. Um, Bond gets a lot of help from Red Grant. That's true. You know? Yeah, good point. He's he's not a perfect agent in this. He's not the one that's, you know, doing absolutely everything. You yeah. Know, the gypsy camp, he probably he might have died. You know, Red Grant certainly shot the guy behind him that was about to shoot him. So, yep. you know, there were, there were aspects of this that uh that i thought were interesting that right. it, it showed that bond wasn't perfect that's true which i was okay with yeah i guess i look at that more well definitely that aspect that bond is not perfect he does sometimes need help however uh, it also elevated red grant's character oh my goodness didn't it that he, he felt so not threatened <laughs> by bond that he'll just keep him alive yeah, and no problem and toy with him because he needed him he did need him because yeah. he needs him to, to deliver the lector which the lector. he does right um you're right he thinks he's just far superior to to bond exactly uh, I, yeah I, I love the red grant character yeah. i think he makes so much more uh for this movie speaking about the book um it's 
it's one of the more faithful movies to the book too. Sure. Has numerous aspects in the novel that that you can find in the right. movie, which is very rare. What's well, a simpler in the plot? Series. Let's face it; it's right. a simpler plot. We're not, you know, it's not anything grandiose. There's not big chase scenes, really. It's an actual spy movie, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, it's probably the most spy movie of of any of them. Right. So, yep, number four for me. Wow, number four. And I mean, also, out of the, it's my first Sean Connery in the top ten. I bet not your last. Nope. <laughs> James, behave yourself. We are being filmed. Oh, not again. He was right, you know. What is it? I'll show you. Faces and smile for a moment. Number three. No time to die. Number three. I am, I am just shocked. I know. I am so excited to hear what what your thoughts are. So it here. just was released. Yeah, like, six days ago, everybody. Yeah, six we're, days in America. We're really fresh. Yes, two six weeks, days in America. Two weeks in the UK. And we had no spoilers, by the way. Uh, One hundred and sixty-three minutes, by far the longest Massive movie movie yeah. in Bond history. Two hours and forty-three minutes. Daniel Craig's fifth and final, uh, directed by <laughs> Carrie. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Kerry Fukunaga, yeah. which I don't really know much about him. I do know a little bit. Okay. Uh, so he directed the first season of True Detective, which was a massive oh, thing a couple years ago. I did see ago. that. It was, yeah. yeah, it was amazing. Uh, and now it's slipping my mind. He did one other major thing as well before this one. So okay. he's he's done some some really big stuff, some really beautiful work. Right. Uh, and I thought his directing was incredible, especially coming off of two Sam Mendes's that were just visually... I know, stunning. Oh, so gorgeous to watch. Yeah. I think he made some wonderful choices, wonderful... Uh, moments obviously so did you with number three so yeah number keep going three well it had a budget of around 301 that's not including yeah marketing marketing they marketing so much which with this one i think the price tag of that kept creeping up because of all the delays right right i mean i know from a you know i work in a movie theater they yeah. sent more posters and more posters more standees <laughs> and then they would send these little uh inserts that you would put on top of the posters yeah they don't say november anymore they don't say 2020 anymore now they say 2021 so right yeah, they wanted to keep it as fresh as they possibly could. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that they waited because I I personally love going to the movie theater yeah. to see a, a new movie, especially a movie I love. I think the, the movie theater going experience is amazing <laughs> thing that we can do. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to watch movies and and, and uh, nowadays these days. So and and I will say from a from a timeline standpoint, um, when COVID was hitting its apex in America, anyway, yeah, it was only about two or three weeks away from when Bond was supposed to release in 2020. Right. So uh, you know the movie theaters basically shut down, and James Bond was one of the first, if not the first, movie. To say, you know what, we're not gonna we're not gonna release in April of 2020. We're gonna release in November of 2020. Right. And then theaters were kind of trying to come back, and they said, you know what, we're not gonna do this again. We're gonna move it back to <laughs> yeah. I think it was back to March again 
of 2021. 20, yep, 21. And theaters weren't really coming back quite yet. And, you know, there were still headwinds. Uh, by that point, we were starting to see, you know, uh, some rollouts of vaccines. So that was, you know, positive direction to get movie theaters back up and running. And then finally, they said the last move was to October for the U.S. And I mean, so that's a lot. That's yeah. a lot to move. Yeah, that's a lot. They really committed to being in theaters. And I as well am grateful because it should be on the big screen. Right. This movie, you got to see it. On a the lot of screen. releases over the last over the last year, year and a half have been, they do a theatrical release and at the same time, yeah. they do a streaming release. It's called release Day and, and Date and that really, yeah. really crushes movie theaters. Exactly. Let me tell you. Yeah. I, you know, I grew up in a time where you had to, if you wanted to see the movie, you had to go to the theater. Yeah. Otherwise, you wait three or six months for it to come out on, yeah. on like Showtime or something. <laughs> right, right. Some sort of cable. And then you wait another three or six months to be able to rent it. Right. It used to be, so be like a year before you could right. actually watch it on at your own leisure. Yep. <laughs> it used to be about a 90-day window. And this was you know only a, a bunch of years ago. It was a 90-day window. So three, three months. months yeah. And then it could be released on DVD or Blu-ray or VHS way back, <laughs> whatever. Um, and then it would be a, you know another a month or two before it could be somewhere else so but that window has shrunk uh, immensely talk anyway. about the do you know what the box office for no time to die is so far uh only estimated uh so uh domestic is somewhere in the 50s 50 to 60 million oh, okay. which is actually for this time for an opening weekend in, in uh, the u.s is is huge oh okay um considering again movie theaters no movie theater are playing the amount of shows that they were playing in 2019 right we're just not nobody is staying open as late as they used to unless you're a massive massive theater right you know but the most of the theaters in your neighborhood are not you can see it they, they don't open at 11 o'clock 10 o'clock in the morning they don't stay open until That's 10 true. o'clock 11 o'clock at night so there's a lot like of revenue to, yeah. a lot of attendance that they lose um because of a lot of you know just operational challenges right so um so 50 million it's doing well for the current environment exactly like really well yeah so I mean, by by as a, uh, a comparison, just off the top of my head, Skyfall was the highest opening weekend at about 112, 115 million yeah. for again just U.S. domestic, um, and I think Spectre was something around 80 to 90 million dollars. Right. So for this to have again all the headwinds that it has, to have la- less opportunity uh, in show starts. Um, my industry is just coming out right now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I, this is a very strong release. Is the point of it? And yeah. I think if this were if this were opened without COVID, anything that happened, this would be challenging all of the other movies as far as opening releases. Yeah, for sure. All right. So enough about the movie theater industry. Let's yeah, let's talk a little bit about the actual movie. So we we talked uh, in our addendum that you hopefully heard yeah. uh, about the pre-title sequence, which is a massive, massive. longest pre-title sequence. Right. As I, I think I said in the addendum, it's yep. basically two teaser sequences back to back. Exactly. Because you have the flashback with Madeline Swan yep. and her childhood trauma, and then you fast forward to present day and and Madeline and Bond trying to make a life together he's retired the only 12 minutes of the movie where he is actually happy so <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> if you think of it that way oh that's painful it is i mean he's probably happy when he meets his daughter 
Maybe conflicted, yeah. but I, well, I, I imagine, I mean, I'm not a parent, right? But, but I, also, yeah, she didn't, shock and surprise she didn't admit and, that it was his either. So yeah, till the so end. you never know. Yeah, I know. I, I always have a feeling that he probably knew it. Anyway, we're getting it's ahead. A, it's a dramatic movie for Bond. Yes, that's it for is. Sure, story. So. Uh, I mean, that teaser sequence has an amazing DB5 oh, sequence. Right. And not only that, but just, you know, as far as the Aston Martins go, uh, I counted three Aston Martins. Right. I think there's even more. Right. So I, think, yeah. I know they had the, obviously, the Aston Martin DB5. Yeah. They had the uh, Living Daylights Aston Martin. The Volante. Uh, yep. And then they had the Honor Majesty Secret Service. Yeah. Which I think is the DBS or something. I'd I don't think it's called. It yeah. Uh, that and one that's of what course they drive right at the end. Right. Um, I, those are the ones that I could I think, think there was of. a new, the new... Aston Martin was in there somewhere too. Oh, uh, Nomi probably drove it. Yeah, when uh, after the the forest sequence. Yeah, they they threw oh in gosh, a lot of Aston guys. Martins in this movie. Yeah, they really <laughs> did, and and I was fine with that. It was, it was a beautiful, uh, beautiful yeah. movie for cars. Um, so we get through that uh, fantastic scene. Um, you know, the No Time to Die with Billie Eilish. Uh, right. You know, we knew about the song, so, you know, we, we placed the song in our top 10 or not. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I think is fine. Um, but yeah. I think that pre-title sequence... Is really good. Uh, or excuse me, the, the uh, title sequence is title really sequence. good. Because it nods to a bunch of the other... Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, Dino Craig's. You, I mean, I know there was Casino Royale right off the gate. Right. Some of it felt very Skyfall to me. We saw Quantum of Solace with the desert. Yes. Yeah, they were definitely tipping their cap to the whole Daniel right. Craig era in that title sequence, which which I thought was super effective. Yeah. So, so we fast forward. Um, man, I, like, <laughs> yeah. There's I so mean, much in this movie. Yeah. You you have Blofeld in the back in the back of everyone's mind, right? Because he's fresh. He just got caught by Bond. <laughs> and then you have this new this new evil guy named Safin, who I think is. A, just a, I think he's a phenomenal, yeah, villain. Actually, fantastic performance. Yeah, really cool look to him. Right, uh, it was unique and original. I mean, the whole flashback thing and really showing us why he wanted to avenge, why he wanted to take revenge on Spectre. Yes, yeah. And the fact that he wipes out Spectre basically <laughs> is is shows his potency as a villain and not only that but he he like how he did it i think is incredible he knew <laughs> what blofeld's plan was going to be sure nobody knows what Blo- blofeld's plan is going to be prison yeah right yeah he knows that they're going to go and get the uh, uh the uh, heracles yeah he knows that they're going to use it to try to assassinate bond he knows that bond is going to be there which is incredible because <laughs> bond doesn't even know he's going to be there right <laughs> yeah he flips the plan on its head so that specter dies and bond stays yeah. alive I mean, it's just incredible. And the then he manipulates Madeline. Yes. Who to ultimately assassinate Blofeld. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah. It's it's the second and probably of only two that you could call epic. I mean, Skyfall uh, yeah. and No Time to Die are just huge movies. Yes, they are. And uh, you could easily see them one and two in whatever order right. or something. It's an incredible movie. The ending. Is oh just blows your mind. It does. I mean, whether you hate it or you don't, you can't walk out of that theater with no emotion. <laughs> yes. Either even, yes. even if you totally hate it, you're still being evo- your emotions are being evoked. And in this starting movie. to read comments, you know, online, which is always a dangerous thing. There are <laughs> lots of folks who just absolutely hate it, want to burn it to the ground because yeah. you don't kill Bond. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind it's of hard. I'm kind of in that camp, but. 
You definitely were on the first viewing. Uh, I was not happy. I know. After the first viewing. Well, and it wasn't just that, although that's obviously huge. Yeah. But I just, I've always, I've said before, Blofeld is Bond's um, arch enemy. Right. And so, and he was really a small part of he this. He was underused. Yeah. I, I guess in my mind, I thought that he was going to break out somehow. Yeah. Uh, seeing the prison that he was in. I don't know how I could have possibly thought he was going to break out. Yeah, which leads us to that that scene that we see Blofeld because he's on, in only one scene. It's a good scene. Hans Zimmer's music in that is incredible. I'm going to have to listen to I, it. But you're, you're bringing up a good point. I haven't listened specifically to that scene. I've seen it three times. So yeah. I've, I've only listened to what they have said. I haven't actually listened to Hans Zimmer's music okay. as a focal point yet. It reminded me of what, his work in... Uh, what Superman versus Batman or something okay. where just so intense yeah. and uh, just this rhythmic thing going on and and uh, Blofeld's just going slowly being wheeled slowly yeah. forward in that hallway and it just added so much tension to yeah. it and and build up and Madeline Swan freaking out because she knows she's carrying the nanobots right and so, the and, whole thing and for me it would have just been better if she was freaking out because she's in Blofeld's presence because like I said I just want yeah. Blofeld to be the biggest I, I know the biggest bad guy but we do know that she's the one that is the only one that gets to talk to him from yeah. the outside world so we know that, that's true yeah know. she wouldn't be freaked out by his presence that's right. just what I wanted personally. I hear you I hear yeah. you <laughs> I love that sequence with them yeah um Man, it's it, it yeah, it's incredible. It's going back to the Hans Zimmer piece, I, he's one of my favorite composers. Yep, he's top Just, five. I mean, he's done so much. I, I will put him top two. Really? Yes. Yeah, I can't. It's him and John Williams, and then everybody else. And yeah, and uh, I'm very partial to Jerry Goldsmith. I know who, who passed away, but I know. Yeah, he, but those two. I mean, just. Oh, I love it. Again, and yeah, comparing, again, we're getting off topic, but yeah. comparing Jerry Goldsmith to Hans Zimmer <laughs> is like comparing Sean Connery to Daniel Craig. It's it's tough. Different I eras. Know. But Hans Zimmer in this movie had so many cool moments. Yeah. And I can I can think of uh, one off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of the second one, but it's where uh, M and Bond are speak for the second time. They're on the the, uh, the banks of the Thames talking, yeah. and you hear one of John Barry's, uh, I think it's the flying theme, isn't it? Okay. Um Oh, the 007 theme. Yeah. Ba, ba, da, 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 That's the one. Da. That's the one. Yes. You hear that growing. And in fact, when I first we were, were listening to it, watching the movie. I totally heard that. I couldn't hear what they were saying because my <laughs> ears were so focused, focused on what on Hans Zimmer. And he just, he built it slowly and then, and then you know, raised the volume of it. Right. So it wasn't, he wasn't in the way. I just was so struck by it. I know, me too. And I know there was one other one, but it's, it's just eluding me right now. But it's a great, you know, uh, a quote, yeah, a quote back uh, from Hans Zimmer. It's just, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. By the time the movie's done, you realize he, he was going back to on Her Majesty's Secret yes. Service. Oh, and that, yeah, so, you're right. They the, pretty much the whole movie. They quote it twice. Yeah, you, they use that all the time. We have all the time in the world, and right. So that's probably the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, even the the, the credit sequence is Louis Armstrong uncut, the same version, same version, just Louis singing. We have all yeah. the time in the world. Our top ten songs. Yeah, is I that, don't. That's coming up. That's our next episode, I believe. I can see that. Uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, how they use it in Your Majesty's Secret Service versus how they use it here certainly would elevate it. Yeah, uh, so it'll right. be interesting to see if that makes it on the top 10. Right. Um, I think we need to talk about one one pretty big elephant in the room. Okay. There is another 007. Oh, right. Uh, Numi. Yeah. Who, no, no me. No me. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, we, I think we only hear her 
name like twice. Uh, yeah, I didn't pretty, even, I didn't know soft. it till later. I didn't yeah. catch it in the movie because she was just they called her Double Seven so much. Yes, yeah, trying to. You know, to, to <laughs> make that us. point, yeah, <laughs> that there is another. We did not just retire. Yeah. I thought it was a good line. I feel like that is an aspect that's that's gonna hurt the movie down the road. Another I don't know. polarizing piece. It is. I, I thought she did a fantastic job. Oh, she, the character is fine. Yeah, it's not her fault. She's 007 unless, right. of course, she requested it. But she probably didn't. I'm sure that was part of the story. Yeah, because I mean, they get replaced. Yeah, they do. Other double O's. There's and always he retired. Nine. Yeah. So. I'm here as a professional courtesy. Well, you're not very courteous, are you? You've broken my card. It's commander bond. You know that. Yeah. Well, you know, in the novels, they they go up 0013. That's just weird. It is weird. It doesn't make sense. There's a double. <laughs> one of the novels has a double. Oh, eleven. So four numbers. It is. I can't. My yeah. Your mind kind of. That's blows. weirder to me than somebody else <laughs> playing 007. Yeah. I mean, Bond retired twice. Yeah. He retired in Skyfall, or not retired, but I mean, we, yeah. they thought he was dead and he fell off the grid. And right. this time he literally he walked away yeah. and, and they, you know, fell off the grid again. Y- you know, so it's, I guess it's not unsurprising. We should have probably expected that they were going to do this. I mean, they definitely put it in our faces. Yeah. I, I liked it. I liked yeah. it. I feel like they should have gave him his number back right away. <laughs> yeah, but he had to earn it. I mean, the, the scenes did. with uh, Bond and M were contentious. They were angry. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. the whole scene of, you know, my God, you're thirsty at the moment. Like, yeah. he, like Bond is going after M and questioning his judgment, questioning yeah. his thought process. And, and he's the one that got him into this because he could have shut Heracles down immediately. Right. You know, they don't have this problem without M, you know, and Bond just puts it in his face yeah he does they had to kind of get back to a point where all right i'll come back to work and i will actually you know let's do this and that was right. the scene at the thames and i think that's that you know it was an important scene but he wasn't just going to give it back he wasn't going to come back you yeah. know and it was only at the end where where they they finally said hey please let him he was reinstated as a double o more towards the middle third of the movie and then at the end um, Nomi requested that he become 007 right. again for this for this last and they, mission, and they never say when they when they make him a double O, they never say what his number. Yeah, he was is. never assigned a number, and yeah. she asks. I know. <laughs> and we're all wondering. I know. You know, but I'm kind of glad to, they didn't tell us. It was it was a fun. I, I don't know. I just I liked the way that they approached it, and I don't sure. know if I liked it the first viewing, but I liked it the more I watched it. Right. I thought it was okay and and I was comfortable with it. it I can a understand. little forced, I guess. I, just because first of all, I don't I don't necessarily think there's always 10 double Os. Sure. I think there's vacancies. I agree with you. And I feel like I Bond Bond was such a big he's their number 1. But he was gone for 5 years. <laughs> Yeah, they say that he was gone for five years. He was yeah. off the grid. They thought he was. They didn't know what he was at that point. He walked off with Madeline. He's Swan the on Babe the Ruth of spies. You're, no one's going to be number three in the Yankee uniform. So. Yeah, well, they retired it, so <laughs> no one's going to be one exactly. through one through nine. Yeah, they should have retired 007. Yeah, well, the Yankees are <laughs> definitely not MI6. Yeah, so. good point. Yeah, um, they kill more people. <laughs> you get a you get a, a star on the wall on, yeah. on the memorial wall right <laughs> next to uh, Rodrigo. That's right. Um, but That's right. I, I I think again I think from the first viewing I, I it it kind of bothered me a little bit after I watched it a couple more times. I was like, no, I like it. I like it. I think it's okay. Yeah. So you know I can understand if that's something that is is tough for folks. Um, you know, here's another aspect that yeah. we've not talked about yet, but. Uh, character aspect of No Time to Die. I loved 
Paloma. I think everyone does. Oh my goodness. Universally loved. She was I wanted I wanted more of her. She, I, I kind of like yeah. I kind of like that we just got that little bit. Yep. But but here's the problem now. Now you have to start over. Or I don't know. If you start over, maybe now Paloma's a veteran agent or Yeah, I don't know. Something. I don't know. You got to bring her back. Everybody loved her. She was so good. She was a rock star. She was funny. Yeah, charismatic. Um, but and you know the and action kicks but fantastic she had that 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 kick <laughs> in the dress in the long dress yeah. she does that kick yeah. up to the guy's face or something that was amazing no judo chops here <laughs> no judo chops <laughs> no it's more realistic yes it is i she's i think she's fantastic <laughs> I, I she and even bond like they have fun they're in yeah. the middle of this fight she has to go off and get a, in a car but they stop and have a drink <laughs> and you know just to have a quick shot and three yeah. weeks training yeah more or less and they you know and then they go in their separate directions like yeah. she's a fantastic agent love her and and they work really well together yeah. and you're right i wish there was more but it was such a fun moment while it lasted it might be she might be so effective because of the amount of screen time she Fair got. Fair enough. Uh, here's a thought that just occurred to me. So we've not talked about this at all. Okay. Felix Leiter has died and we need to talk about that. Oh, yeah, right. Do you think that Paloma could be queued up as hmm. uh, next? Because she's CIA. She was working yeah. for Felix. That's true. And yeah. I don't know if there needs to be an answer for that. Maybe it's just something that's out there. Yeah. And, and we can go back to the fact that Felix Leiter died. Yeah. To me, it it seemed a little forced because it's like, well, this is the last movie. Right. We, we got to end everybody's storyline. It's like you didn't have to end every storyline. Once they, <laughs> yeah, once Felix was gone, I, I had it in my mind. I was like, well, man, they're just going to blow this whole thing up. Blow the whole thing Nobody up. Nobody is safe anymore. Yeah. Felix Leiter isn't safe. I mean, he survived a shark attack, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, in the novels, Felix Leiter is like 6'4", and he's, he's this big, strong Texan. So okay. I mean, so he's a he's a tough dude. Yeah. Whereas in the in the movies he's more of a five ten. Right. <laughs> yeah. Typically David Hedison or sure whatever. sure. But uh, you said it when we were watching it the first time. Okay. And we heard we have all the time in the world oh, quoted. Yeah. You said she's gonna die. I thought it was over for her. I thought yeah. we were just gonna do that again. <laughs> and boy, was I wrong. Well, but you weren't that far off. Everyone else was going to die. She was the right. one who was going to survive. Including Bond. Yeah. Including Bond. Well, that's the point. And I think yeah. that was the... So it wasn't her. That's what it they was, were trying to, it was to him. key in for us. Yeah, for sure. Can you go faster? We don't need to go faster. We have all the time in the world. There's so much more to talk about. Guys, see, yeah. see the movie. See the movie. And, and you know what? I'm sure it's going to show up in, in some more top 10 lists. Oh, so, yes. Okay. We'll, we'll see it again. I'm sorry we're letting our... Uh, just excitement go. We only saw it six days ago. Okay, so fine. Let's move on. We, we have two more that are better than No Time to Die for You. To James. 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 Right. Back to work. Number two. Thunderball. Awesome. 
Thunderball is number two. Yeah. Thunderball for me, it's always been at least one of my favorite James Bond movies right. ever. Right. I mean, since the since the first time I saw it, it's never. There's never been a time where oh, I don't really like it now. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Came out in 1965. It's two hours and nine minutes long. Nice and tidy. We yeah. like that. And Sean Connery's fourth outing and his fourth Bond movie in four years. Yeah. So he was working hard. Terrence Young comes back to do his third out of four movies. It had a budget of $6.8 million. Now, we already talked about the jump from Dr. Nota from Rush With Love was 1.1 to 2. Sure. Goldfinger's budget was three million. <laughs> yeah. So now they Just keep creeping up. They more than doubled. I mean, yeah. that, that had to have been a big commitment there. But it grossed. Box office gross was one hundred and forty-one point two million dollars. And that's the thing. Like I remember hearing stories, and I think we talked about this previously. They knew they had a hit on their hands. Oh, by this time for sure. They knew that the script was good. They knew they had great people. Oh, okay, you just know, Thunderball. Uh, yeah, just Thunderball. So to commit from three million to six million, I think uh, almost seven million. Almost seven million. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's a big jump, but but they knew they had something cooking. And they knew they, they were going to succeed. Here. They knew it was hot, and they knew what once they get into the screens, they're going to make it back and and uh so i think there was probably less risk for thunderball going up to seven million than you know the, the one to two million of going to from rush with love right at, at this point probably oh yeah they knew they had a hit on their hands um i don't know if you know this but thunderball actually like broccoli wanted that to be their first i think you might have mentioned it to me at some point it was supposed to be the first movie 1962 yeah. that's a great story yeah simple yeah, there's so much in this movie that I love. Well, I love the I love the song by Tom that Tom Jones sings. Unbelievable performance. And and I love how they incorporate that into the whole score. How John Barry makes it's throughout the whole thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's it's so cool. It's a great score. Um, and of course, I love the uh, the the water aspect of yep. it. Yeah, scuba That's diving. Near, near to your heart. Yes, the skin diving, all that stuff is so much fun. The villains are Largo is fantastic. Are so cool. They're yeah, so cool. I and just love them. That's the word. And like, and I don't want to overuse it like we do now, but like '60s cool is 60s what I mean cool. by Largo. Largo, like, that guy is an he's a rock star, man. <laughs> he really is. Minus the, the one eye, I want to be that guy when I grow up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and no the killing, killing people, you know, he's like got that too. <laughs> he's got his um, his island estate called Palmyra. Love it. You'll be my guest tonight, Mister Bond. He's got the uh, hydrofoil slash yacht called the Disco Volante. Love I mean, it. I mean, yeah, he's he's living the high life. That guy's awesome. He's number, you know, is he the the second second in command at, at Spectre? He's number two. I mean, he's a big dude. He's yep. a big big influential guy in the world of crime. Well, and he has the most ambitious plot that uh, Spectre has ever come up with. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, what he's doing. So he says, yes. Yeah, so. And he does that in that awesome accent. Yes, he does. <laughs> Adolfo Celli. Fantastic. Italian actor. So good. Good. And uh, of course, he's got a bunch of great henchmen. Yep, they're they're not. Uh, besides Fiona Volpe, who I love, I know we both love Fiona Volpe. Oh yeah, she is so close to whether she's a henchman or a villain too. Yeah, I, I, I'm going henchman 
you know, for her. I, but, I put her as a henchman. But she also operates independently like yeah. a uh, Red Grant. I would say she's still uh, working for Largo, though. I agree. I think, Spectre. yeah, assigned I mean, to, this, to this goal. Yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I agree with you. She's probably akin to Rosa Klebb as far as what she's doing. Sure. So, I can see that. Still henchman. Yeah. Because I really wanted to be on my henchman list. <laughs> yeah, you could probably go either way with her. But yeah, I wouldn't... But it's not her plan. Yeah, Largo. I think Largo's the, the villain. Yeah, Largo's yeah. the villain. But they're both brilliant. I know. She Volpe is, is making. Yeah. She's helping Largo make it happen. So she's a henchman. She's my hero. Why make you nervous? No, it's just that I have no desire to be capsized twice in one night. Well, at least you won't have to swim ashore. Yep. And she is an incredible henchman. She, mm-hmm. She's. One of the most beautiful women to ever live. <laughs> and and she's the first and one of the few women who does not succumb to Bond's ah, right. charisma. Seduction. Charisma. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she points it out. It's one of the greatest lines yeah. in the series for me, how she points out... Uh, you know how she's. We not, don't hear have a heavenly choirs yes. and change to the righteous good, but not this one. <laughs> yeah, my dear girl, don't flatter yourself. What I did this evening was for king and country. You don't think it gave me any pleasure, do you? But of course, I forgot your ego, Mister Bond. James Bond, who only has to make love to a woman, and she starts to hear heavenly choirs singing. She repents and immediately returns to the side of right and virtue. But not this one. Well, I mean, because she's she's doing the same thing that Bond is doing. She's using, you know... uh, her abilities <laughs> just like bond does right to to um you know to to gain a, a better footing in, in whatever the situation is she actually has a scene not unlike red grant she saves bond's life once when count lippy is chasing bond in the the car and shooting out his window right oh my goodness how could i forget yeah. <laughs> Volpe comes behind on the, in the motorcycle, yep. and the rocket motorcycle. launcher motorcycle, yep, and blows up Lippy's car, right, inadvertently saving or advertently, who knows, saving Bond's life. I don't know why she would want to keep him alive, though. Yeah, so probably it was an accident. However, it was <laughs> similar to Red Grant. Yep. She, she did have a scene where she. Uh, Good point. But she's a phenomenal part of the villain right. aspect of this movie, and then you have some of the the lesser. Like Vargas and yeah. and Kish or whoever the other dude was. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of other minions that yeah. we kind of get to know, which which makes it makes the whole villain side of things just a little bigger. More legit. Yeah, yeah. more legit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Largo's got his people working for him. Right. So much so that he can just throw one in the shark pool. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Bond got the better of him, so <laughs> that's right. you, know, you don't get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Another great line from that. From Adolfo. Yeah. You let them get the better of you. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Largo just rocks, man. Well, and, and Largo also has one other aspect that, that Bond uh, would, would like, and that's Domino. Domino. Again, one just one of the best Bond girls. Yep. One of the most beautiful Bond girls you'll ever see. And James Bond, I arrived soon after you went down. I've been admiring your form. Have you now? Your name's James Bond, and you've been admiring my form. Most girls just paddle around. You swim like a man. So do you. Well, I've had quite a bit of practice. She has an interesting 
part of the plot too with her brother right being murdered There's a connection and, to the yeah. whole story which bond uses right. to his advantage he does use that but yeah she has an emotional arc that that makes her just a little more important to right the, to the plot than a lot of bond girls perhaps yeah the merry good knights I mean, of the she, world yeah. <laughs> she's definitely still a uh you know a, a bond girl that's there for you know the look yeah you know more so than anything else but she does you know help and and assist in the plot which right. is which is fantastic and, and obviously i'm a huge fan so i'm, I'm not you know denigrating here yeah um, she's a great aspect of <laughs> of yeah. thunderball yeah absolutely Her and volpe and then you have um paula kaplan paula kaplan yeah yes she's, she's assisting martine beswick Yep. Yeah. In her second role. Right. She's yeah. one of the rare people that get to be in more than one role. That's which right. Which is kind of fun. Yep. The reason I put it number two and instead of my typical number one is just how long the, the final underwater battle just kind of drags on. Okay. And, and uh, the ending with the uh, the airlift thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't, don't like that? I don't like it. <laughs> it just, yeah, it was... Well, it's completely unrealistic. Yeah, it, she would have slipped right out of his arms yeah, if she that, wasn't holstered in that there. That would be torn in two. I mean, yeah. some, something <laughs> bad's going to happen there. It's not going to be all smiles. Right. And yeah, it didn't, yeah, I would agree with that, that it's fantasy. But, um, you yeah. know, I, they I were trying to top. They were trying to top the movie before it. That's so. right. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, Thunderball, just terrific. It is. It's a great number two. It's, it's a fun watch even today. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, 60 I, I years love it. later, it's still a fun movie. Un banco de 500 livres. Ah, it's your specter against mine, huh? Le banco est fait. You wish to put the evil eye on me, huh? We have a way to deal with that where I come from. Well, you may hex me. Let's see what it does for the cards. No. No. Seven. Set à la pointe. Six. That leaves only one left, and I feel like I know which one it is. I'm guessing you, at this point, you can probably guess. Before we do that, I want to recap. Okay. We talked a long time. We don't even remember what number 10 was. So let's go through <laughs> your one through nine before we reveal your number one. So number 10 for you was The Living Daylights. Number nine, Goldeneye. Number eight, Octopussy. Number seven, Casino Royale. Number six, The Spy Who Loved Me. Number five, Skyfall. Number four, From Russia with Love. Number three, No Time to Die. Number two, Thunderball, which leaves your number one as... Number Goldfinger. 1964's awesome Goldfinger. 111 minutes long, so an hour and 51 minutes. Sean Connery's third outing, Guy Hamilton, in his first time directing. Anyway, it had a budget, like we talked about earlier, of $3 million, and it made $124.9 million. So it made only $17 million less than Thunderball with more than half the budget. Shocking. Positively shocking. There's so much about Goldfinger that, that we could talk about, but it, it just has every aspect of Bond that we love. And I think we love it because 
of Goldfinger. It's because it was the first one to put it all together. All the things that they were moving towards. And it got it all right. Yeah, it did. In this movie, I think. From from beginning to end, it's so much fun. Yep. You're watching Bond doing all the things that we, we love watching him do. Yeah. The teaser sequence, it's got all the elements that we like. The song is fantastic <laughs> one the of the song, best it it the song defines the the yeah. genre of bond song yeah and one they've tried to replicate many times many that, times that we talk about anytime they hire a female singer not not lately but <laughs> right they're not gonna make billy yeah, eilish, billy do eilish that. does not sound like <laughs> shirley bassey <laughs> right but they tried to make almost everyone else yeah. sound like that it seemed like so yeah. the villains are humongous yes. you got Oric goldfinger who's such a unique and fun villain. Yep. Auric Goldfinger. Sounds like a French nail varnish. With a with a big larger than life scheme. And and he's got his henchmen. Our job uh, again, is one, one of, of the, the best. One of the best. I mean, Iconic. Every one of these characters we talk about is literally one of the best. I feel like I keep using iconic when it comes to yeah, and I use that <laughs> Right. Well, because I think in this movie there's these, so much these iconic. are yeah. those moments, you know, the three-piece suit coming, you know, coming out of the uh the bathroom in the plane. Yeah. You know, that's an iconic look. Good point. The yeah. DB5 is an iconic car. Right. It's all from here. The villain is iconic. Yes. Aja is iconic. Yes. And the 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 Bond girl. Yep. Pussy galore. Yes, she's definitely iconic. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> but the collection of Bond girls in this movie and in Thunderball, both, they're just all right. so good. The Masterson sisters. <laughs> Jill and Tilly. I mean, it's the golden girl, Jill yeah. Masterson. I'm beginning to like you, Mr. Bond. No. Call me James. That scene alone with her, yeah. you know, just discovering was then, you know, uh, done up again in Quantum of Solace. Yeah. You know, so there's so much that they that they harken back to for this movie. Yeah, totally. I'm with you. To see yeah. this as number one, absolutely. Yeah, Goldfinger. Right, and the ending's really fun, and then you have the tag ending at the end where... Yeah, Goldfinger survived, dead. and he's mad. <laughs> he's still going to try to get Bond. Yep. I'm glad to have you aboard, Mr. Bond. Well, congratulations on your uh, promotion, Goldfinger. Are you having lunch at the White House, too? In two hours, I shall be in Cuba. And you have interfered with my plans for the last time, Mr. Bond. Yeah. yeah. So That's a good point. I, I, It's amazing. I always forget about that. I shouldn't, right. but but I do. I always think, you know, Fort Knox, that's the end. But there is that one extra piece, for sure. Yeah. Just like in a couple other movies. Like, right. Like Octopussy, they have that tag at the end. Yes. Where the bad guy tries to, to off Bond. So. <laughs> one more time. One yeah. more shot at it. Yeah, Goldfinger's amazing. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. After 20 years, or after 60 years, it still stands up well. The gold standard for AJ. Yeah. In fact, I just, <laughs> I just watched the Jill Masterson scene again. Mm-hmm. The whole Goldfinger cheating at cards scene, and and he's wearing the the stupid blue, yep thing, and I don't even notice because he's still so cool. Because it's still Sean Connery, it's Sean Connery, being James Bond, <laughs> yeah. at, at at maybe the peak. You yeah, know, it he doesn't had, matter. He has a large peak, but you could probably yeah. put him in any stupid outfit except for a pink tie. Uh, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, if he was in a pink tie when he was looking like he did in Goldfinger, perhaps. Maybe? Yeah. If it was actually fit properly, but no, that yeah. tie is terrible, and yeah, I, right. I never want to see it again. 
But yeah, yeah, Guy yeah. Hamilton. Guy Hamilton had a had a nice run as director. This was his definitely his best one. I agree. So, I agree for sure. Yeah. So Goldfinger is your number one. Number one. Awesome. Oh no, you don't. <gasps> this is no time to be rescued. That's a, I mean, it's a great number one. Yeah. It's not my number one. Wow. That is interesting. So, uh, I mean, I guess we'll go through my list at this point. Yeah. I will tell you this. It's going to go fast. So if you're listening out there, <laughs> hang in there. Yeah. <laughs> we're almost done. Um, this is definitely our longest podcast at eight this point. <laughs> out of the 10 are the same. Wow. So there's only two that are different. The Roger Moores. I don't know yet. All but right. yeah, of we course, don't it's the Roger Moore's. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. We haven't got to your top Let's 10 Let's get yet. to the top 10. So we know so. that... Uh, so number 10, we talked about this. This was uh, Living Daylights. We both are at top 10 for That's this right. one. That's right. Whoever she was must have scared the living daylights out of her. Uh, my number nine is a difference. You have uh, Goldeneye there. I have uh, For Your Eyes Only. Oh, yeah. And you know this There's is Roger my, Moore. Yeah, see? So I have him. Exactly. So for your eyes only, you know, let's talk about it just a little bit. I love this one. I love that it's a return to uh, a spy, you know, after some really, really big uh, plots. This one's a small plot. This yeah. is, you know, going after a decoding device. Right. You know, and, and, I, and I really enjoy it. It's a small plot, but it has big scenes in it it does some of the action stuff in four eyes only is really fun it's got one of the coolest uh chase scenes yeah we both love that chase scene and it's not like a chase scene like you'll see today it takes a yeah. long time it's slow and the, developing and the underwater stuff yes with, with the, the mini sub things neptune and, yeah and even the um the rock climbing stuff at the end it's really very fun. suspenseful yep I like Topol as as a uh, oh yeah we think great. he's the villain we set up as the villain he is not by tomorrow We'll be good friends. And Julian Glover. I mean, yes. both those guys are great in that movie. Right. So, and, and obviously, I, I love Havelock and Melina yeah, Havelock. You do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I didn't think it would end like this. We're not dead yet. She's I awesome. Mean, BB Doll, uh, you know, gets a, a downgrade. You know, obviously yeah. she's kind of terrible, <laughs> right. unfortunately. Uh, I enjoy the music. Um, yeah, this one, which is not another, it's another John, non John Barry movie. Yeah, Bill Conti, right? And I, I like the sound of it. Yeah, I kind of think it's fun. He kept the brass thing going big time. Yes, so and I'm fine with that. Right. You just give me brass. You know what else? You know what he's most <laughs> famous for, right? Uh, the Rocky theme, correct? Which yes. has a lot of brass. Sure does. The so flying theme. So. They hired the right guy. Yeah. Uh, so we don't need to go too in depth with it, but uh, for your eyes only, makes my top ten as I number like nine. It. Hello. Mr. Bond on the line, Prime Minister. Ah, Mr. Bond. I wanted to call you personally and to say how pleased we all are that your mission was a success. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Don't thank me, Mr. Bond. Your courage and resourcefulness are a credit to the nation. Dennis and I look forward to meeting you. Meanwhile, if there is anything I can do for you... Give us a kiss. Give us a kiss. Well, really, Mr. Bond. <laughs> I think we're having a little trouble with the line, madam. Give us a kiss. You're an idiot. Get off to it. 007. 007. <laughs> Bond. What's going on? Bond. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, my interesting one. It's number eight. 
is going to be no time to die for me. Oh wow! Yeah, I went. Uh, I went a little safer, and I I need to just let this marinate. Um, right. My my opinion after just three viewings of it has has changed and and you know adjusted and and mm. um, so this one's going to be fluid for me for a little while until oh, yeah. I can really live with it. But well, it should be. Like it's we amazing. Said, you know, six month cutoff here. What so. did we we talked We're about this movie week. for like an hour already? <laughs> so like we know that this is an incredible movie, and and I would be not surprised if we if this moved up on my list. But for now, I'm going to leave it at number eight. Sure. Uh, number seven is Golden Eye. There you go. Yep. I, I absolutely love this one. I'm a huge fan of the Martin Campbell movies. Right. Uh, you know, and, and this is Pierce at his best. Uh, number six is the other one I'm going to add that you did not add, uh, which is Spectre. Yes. I am going to put Spectre on this list. I think this was a grand uh, entry. I think it was another huge type movie. I loved the teaser sequence. Uh, Blofeld in almost every single moment, Christoph Waltz was brilliant. Right. You know, he was uh, a scarier character than I've ever seen him play. He's what I always wanted for me too. For Blofeld. Me too. So that he whole was, scene in the meeting. Oh, in, I love that Rome. reveal. That's so cool. I love, and I don't even particularly care about the cuckoo stuff, <laughs> but, but still, I love it. Yeah. I love the torture scene. I love, um, I mean, just anything that he's doing, I think is incredible. I just right. think he's incredible in that role. It's funny. All that excitement in Mexico City rang a distant bell. And now, suddenly this evening, it makes perfect sense. Welcome, James. It's been a long time. And finally, here we are. What took you so long? Um, and I think uh, Daniel Craig is, is brilliant. Um, bringing in Madeline Swan, I think, is, is great and, and obviously turned out very, very well as well. Yeah. You know, Mr. White's death. You're a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. So long. Hinks is a fantastic henchman. Yes. Um, I love yeah. the sequences that they have together. They finally had a henchman. That's one thing Daniel Craig's movies... Yeah, they didn't really have good henchmen. And Hinks... Hinks is incredible. Has, he, he and Primo... Are one and two for me. I mean, for for Daniel Craig movies, I'll say that yes, but with a distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I well, they I'm, both they both yeah. have that physical that unique physical feature sure. that is unique to a henchman. Yeah, Hanks has the what does he have those those <laughs> like the thumbs the thumb thing. takes out the eyes. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I I think he's brilliant. I think I think he did a great job. Yeah, he's I'm huge he's a fan good, there. Yeah. Um, man, I just, I, I, I love Spectre. Yeah. I'm, I do. I'm actually surprised it made your top 10. Yeah. Um, cause, cause, cause when bad. I first watched yeah. it, I wasn't that into it. Right. The more I got into it, the more I'm like, well, oh, you, this is but fantastic. But you loved Skyfall so much. Correct. That it's like, it probably originally negatively influenced my opinion on Spectre. Probably. So. Yeah. I liked Spectre more than you did when it first came out. I'm true. pretty sure. Yeah. That's true. But, but I'm a, I'm such a big Blofeld guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like, finally. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> Let's I, use him. Oh, no, he's dead in the next movie. <laughs> but yeah, 
totally yeah awesome aspect of Spectre. And we get to see more Ray Fiennes. Just the, all the cast, yeah. we get to see a lot of them. Yeah. Money, uh, money, I Penny's mean, characters developed a little more. I for mean, sure. Yeah, for sure. So. Bond? What are you doing here? Good morning, Q. I thought you'd gone. I have. There's just one thing I need. All right, so six is uh, Spectre. Uh, number five, I think, nope, not quite yet. Our top four are all similar, but in a different order. But number five for me, I put it Casino Royale. Again, I'm a huge Martin Campbell fan. I love this uh, origin story. I think it's yeah. I, I think it's beautiful. I, I love the Vesper Lind part, and I love that it continues to be a huge aspect of these five films for Daniel Craig. Right. You don't trust anyone, do you, James? No. Then you've learned your lesson. Uh, here's where no one's still not because you have no time to die third. Sorry. So never yep. mind. Uh, my number four, and this is going to be the craziest thing because I've never put it this low. Okay. I'm putting Goldfinger number four. That is crazy. And feel free to beat me up on uh, <laughs> Facebook at Brotherly Bond. Number four. Uh, or Gmail Goldfinger, at uh, Brotherly Bond. The most Bond iconic 007. Bond movie of all time. I know. Only number four. I know. Wow. Positively shocking. I know. Because and I think you admit it in public. I just did. <laughs> I just did. I remember the first time that I dropped it from number one, and I yeah. had Thumber- Thunderball as number one, and I well, thought, "Wow, this is nuts." Yeah, because I, I, I could do that much. Yeah, and that's all. I think the thing <laughs> that 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 gets me is that Bond in the movie itself is almost uh, not inconsequential, but like he's he's in he's in captivity yeah i know that most of the movie there is that aspect <laughs> you know and yeah. things are happening to him he's not making things happen right and i think that that when i look at the other three movies i, I like that aspect of them sure and and that you know when we're talking we're splitting hairs here on these top four or five movies that's true they're all you know they're all awesome right so i'm i'm gonna go out on a limb and i'm gonna put goldfinger number four okay i know i'll get roasted for it but you Let's know what? See what beats it. The top three are still fantastic. <laughs> My number three is from Rush with Love. You had a number four, so we're wow. very, very in line there. I do put it ahead. Wow. Uh, and uh, is this th- the first time you've ever put Goldfinger ahead of From Rush? This with is the love? first time Goldfinger's ever been this low. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, for sure. Of, but ahead of From Rush Correct. with Love. Okay. Yeah. Also that too. Oh, also that too. Yeah. So what changed your mind um, between the two? Like I, why is Goldfinger? behind i think some of it is is the the red grant i think some of it is um the style of from rush with love that they're still figuring it out sure um i, I it's a simpler movie to me hmm. I, yeah I, I don't know i i i enjoy watching this one a lot huh. um, well, and, it's, and it's not that i don't enjoy goldfinger oh yeah well it's number four it's not like it's number 24 yeah <laughs> I, and i and it's a tough question to answer and i know i should have probably been prepared for a better oh. answer it's how I felt today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it's just, it's like, 
octopusy with me. It's right. it's just a feeling you get when you watch the movie. You just you just love it. Yeah. You love being in that you in that world for two hours. Right. This so, is a, it's a special movie. Go. It's there a special go. movie with special places and, yeah. and I and I love all the characters in it. Awesome. Uh so number two we share Thunderball. Thunderball is number two. Yep. Holy and for a long cow. time, Thunderball was number one for me. <laughs> I know. Well, me too. Uh, probably for the last five years, I would say Thunderball was number one, then Goldfinger was number two. You know what? I would say for the last 20 years, yeah, Thunderball has been number one for me. So I, that was a big thing for me. Although yeah. Goldfinger was probably number one before that. Right, right. So Thunderball is incredible. Yeah. We've, we've, we've talked a lot about it. I yeah. still love it. And I will. that's the one that I would put on probably more often than not. Than right. any other movie. Yeah. One of my friend's sisters went out. She's just dead. Even over number one, which well, is Skyfall. Skyfall. It is gonna be Skyfall for me. Unbelievable. I, I mean, you say epic. You love it that much. I, <laughs> and here's the thing. This is the. This is why we have the. Uh, uh, the world is not enough rule. Yeah. Uh, because when I first saw it, I was so floored by it. I, I walked out of the theater thinking that's the best <laughs> Bond movie I've ever seen. Yeah, you. Yeah. I was so floored. I was so enamored. I loved it. Everything about it, I loved. And yeah. I thought to myself, the world is not enough. Just give it time. <laughs> Just give it time. Give it time. And yeah. I give it six months. And I'm like, no, I still think that might be my yeah. best favorite one. You've said it a year later. You've never years. not said that. So, yeah. So, I mean. This is just, this is my favorite Bond movie wow. of all time is Skyfall. And it's number one. Top to bottom. It's incredible. I love, there's so little I don't love. In fact, I'm just having a hard time finding something that I really don't like. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, right. I, I love this movie. Yeah. I love Skyfall so number much. Number one. And I'm, that changes everything. I will stick with it. <laughs> that one I will stick with. Like Goldfinger being his number four, I could be a little wishy-washy about and definitely No Time to Die has some yeah. play. Yeah. But Skyfall is my number one. Right now, I'm there. All right. So here's a thought for you. How yeah. many Pierce Brosnan movies are in your top 10? Um, Goldeneye. Just one. And how many Daniel Craig's are in your top 10? I mean, four of them. Almost all of yeah, them. Just not Quantum of Solace. So come on. Oh, and you moved Daniel Craig up to number two. See, that shouldn't be such a hard in your best Bond list. I, yeah, I know. I shouldn't know. be so hard that's for a you good to point. do that. That's a good point. You we love did the his addendum, movies. And I do. But that's the <laughs> thing. That's what we talked about. Yeah. My problem is, do is it... Pierce Brosnan, the actor, or Daniel Craig in the movies? Yeah. Daniel Craig has but, five but he's still, very good movies that are I mean, almost all of them He's a better. big part of the movie, so... You're right, he is. Yeah. You're right, he is, which is why, again, yes. You can't... I made the call to go You can't go put four of his five movies on here and think he's a bad... <laughs> you know. I don't think he's a bad Bond. I think he's true. a great Bond. That's I just true. None of us Pierce think he's a Pierce is a, a really bond. great Bond, too. I know. Pierce so is a great Bond. It, it was a hard call, but, I mean, ultimately, both of us agreed that, that Daniel Craig is number two. So my prediction in in two years, Daniel Craig surpasses Sean Connery for you. That'll be interesting <laughs> because it'll his be interesting. Movies. I know, I know. Well, but at the same time, Skyfall. I mean, the top my top six movies are either Daniel Craig or Sean Connery. Same with me. Well, top five for me, right? Because you have the spy who loved me in there. That's the only that's the only wrinkle. Because then after that is Casino. So Royale, they're both so. equally uh, equally brought up there. All right. We have very very it's little really time. Tough. We don't want to go anymore. But can you give me one honorable mention that you really was were sad about not putting on the list? Just one. Um, we're not going to talk too deeply about it, but. Like your number 11. Oh, my number 11 is actually Dr. No. Was it really? I know. Okay. I mean, it's the first movie. I know. And uh, without it, we don't get 24 more. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I guess it's kind of sentimental. There's there's a lot of flaws with Dr. No sure. it, visually. Sure. But it's also an iconic movie. Yeah. So you have Jack Lord as lighter. Yep. You have some fun fun Quarrel's allies. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. The villains are or the villain. It, yeah. Well, actually, uh, Professor Dent's a pretty cool he henchman, is. actually. Yes, he is. So, I mean, so you have, you have a lot of aspects. And the fact that it's the first movie, it's what started it all. Yep. Um, I actually thought it might make my top 10. I put it at 11. Cool. So how about you? So yeah, it was, it was tough for me for number 11. Um, but I ended up going with, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies is number 11. Oh, nice. I took Pierce's, uh, second best entry. That was number 12 for me. Okay. So Live I mean, and Let Die was the other one that I was like, maybe that's 11. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy that one. We don't agree on oh, Roger Moore's. That is so true. Yes. Yeah. When you told me your top list for Roger Moore, I was like, why? Well, that's not what I think. I, I do think down the road, it'd be fun to do an episode where, where we ran the yeah the, just just the conneries just the moors we yeah. could make it one episode maybe that'd be that'd be a lot of fun i think that'd be really fun the daltons that would be pretty easy yes <laughs> and the lazen bees would be we'll start with that one pretty How about? easy yes <laughs> anyway well guys we really thank you for staying with us um and and listening to this whole episode this was a lot they're not usually this long but this is the biggest category that we have and obviously with no time to die having just come out that was uh that was something we really wanted to uh to spend some time with so feel free to reach us uh at facebook at brotherly bond um or you can feel free to email us brotherly bond 007 at gmail.com we love to hear from you guys uh we love to to see uh, all the listeners out there uh, you know not only in the u.s but across the globe yeah um, thank you guys for listening it's absolutely it's really encouraging to see see how many people are uh, tuning in it's wonderful so we hope uh, you enjoyed this episode and uh we'll see you next time this has been an episode of Brotherly Bond, the James Bond Top 10 List Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to give us a kind review. If you'd like to let us know what Top 10 Lists you want to hear in future episodes, or if you want to share your own Top 10 Lists with us, you can reach us on Facebook at Brotherly Bond, or feel free to email us at BrotherlyBond007 at gmail.com. Never fear, James Bond will return. Brotherly Bond, the James Bond Top 10 List Podcast is in no way affiliated with James Bond, Eon Productions, or the Ian Fleming Estate. Music by Davey Allen. Hope you enjoyed the show. Good night.